This program contains adult content. Is there a God? A big atheist. Really? What, am I an idiot? Come on. That yes, it would be nice if you could throw your sins and your responsibilities on someone else. But it's not true. It looks like far left lunacy. I don't believe that it's true that religion is moral or ethical. You don't need to follow anybody! It's not human intelligence! If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should? Hello and welcome to the Godless Revolution. Today is Sunday, September 1st. This is episode 263. I'm Dan Ellis. I'm Ryan Duffy. Hi, Mr. Duffy. How's it going? Good. How are you doing? Not doing too bad. Super de duper. What? A, what's uh? What's what's happening? What's the shakes, man? I haven't oh, seen you fuck. in a bit. Yeah, it's been a little while. It's been a minute. Well, let's see here. I got started on the garage project. Yes. I got my my folding workbench put up. I got my lathe ordered. I'm ready to go all full blowing man in there with building shit. Nice. I and saw you got your your folding. Yeah. Workbench. Yeah, that ended up working out pretty well. It took me an entire day to do that. <laughs> well, it's it's a bit of a to-do, man. It took us an hour to figure out how to get the legs to go together for the fucking table saw. <laughs> how to get the legs to go together? Well, because it's, it's like a table saw that you can use for, like, job site table saws. And yeah. it, the legs go together in a weird X formation, but then there's a piece of metal you got to hold in between. And so I'm trying to, like use my chin to hold one piece in place and I'm trying to get the other one while I'm trying to get all the nuts and screws. I'm like, this isn't fucking working. Did you read the destructions? Uh, we threw them away and then had to grab them back. <laughs> I always read the instructions. <laughs> that's that's the stereotypical thing, right? That guys don't read instruction manuals or follow maps. Well, I've got Google Maps wherever I go. Yeah. And I always read the instructions. I'll read, I'll, I'll read them all usually like the whole thing before I start it and then go back and do the step-by-step stuff. But we got it together. I got the table up. It hasn't broken. hasn't fallen on the Corvette yet. So, uh, well, that's good. good to go. Does it make you nervous that it might? No, I think it's pretty, it's in there pretty sturdy. <laughs> I think I overbuilt it for how rigid it actually is. Yeah. Uh, but it's, you know, I can start doing some projects in the garage and have some more fun with that. Sweet. And my mom always goes, where do you find time to do this stuff? I'm like, I don't know. In those days that I'm not working. Days I'm not working and not working second thingies and because we also... Not recording podcasts, not filming stuff, yeah. not doing volunteer work. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Between all that, I find time to have some fun. Uh, then we also started building a studio in my buddy's office. Oh, yeah? So... Like a film studio? Like like a... Actually, like a, a, a video podcast studio in his office. Awesome. Uh, and... Building a YouTube channel around it to try to do it as like a business almost. Building a YouTube channel around his office? Uh, no, doing just like information. Like he's got a, a bunch of people already saying, yeah, I want to come in and talk and get my message out there and advertise. Like we haven't done anything with this thing yet. We just built a cool looking room. That was it. <laughs> what is, what is it going to be about? Or a boot, as our friends in the Canadian would say. Uh, I think the portions that we do is going to be more, like, funny shit. Like, last night we went out and we were doing a whole bunch of photos at night, but we also pretended we were out there to catch UFOs so we can do a whole episode on the people trying to storm Area 51 and how <laughs> how comical that is. How ridiculous it yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, but 
a lot more lighthearted than this show. Yeah. Uh, very, very less politically. Yeah. Uh, and just more trying to do more something fun. Uh, but our strategy is we're bringing, we've got two people that want to come in and do stuff on there like weekly. So it's almost like I tell them, so this is going to get to the point where you're going to have to learn how to do some of this stuff quick because it could be almost like four things going out a week hmm. where people that want to come in that, that run this keto thing that want to come in and talk and do something with us where they've already got a hundred thousand followers on their Instagram and Facebook and stuff like, like, yeah, we can steal those followers. And, hmm. uh, he also does a lot of business stuff. So he's got business people that want to come on and talk business, mm-hmm. like how to grow a successful This is business. how you do business people. <laughs> This is how we make the monies. You know, like, <laughs> like, yeah, we're trying to get you to come on and talk about making money to make us money. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a good trade. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, it's start, starting that up. That that should be getting going next week. Yeah. It's a pretty cool space. Uh, we You put a lot of money into it so far, so. Yeah. Very cool. But, uh, yeah. I'll, and it's in the mall. It's easy to put a lot of money into yeah. equipment and sound dampening and yeah. microphones and yeah that's that's what we were doing the other day you probably didn't see the video of me looking like i was huffing paint because <laughs> well uh, we we did two things we all the corner pieces we did the spray glue and put them up uh-huh. but then we had someone else go outside and spray glue a bunch of the tiles in the cardboard to use adhesive tape to put them on the walls because like we're not supposed to be doing this in the mall because uh. it's this is in the mall oh uh, which mall the Layton hills mall oh well, I see. So, so his his office is in the Layton Hills. He mall owns the then... largest office space inside of Layton Hills Mall. Mm. So he's taking his what was his personal office, one of the bigger office spaces in there, and turning it into a studio. So it's got like a glass window, so you can look from the outside and see what's going on. And like a fishbowl. Yeah. Nice. So very cool, man. So, I'm excited I, to see it. I haven't seen any of the videos or anything yet. So yeah. I'll show you a picture during a break. Okay. Or I'll pull it up now when you're talking about your stuff. <laughs> uh, I have been out of the country for the last week. Went to Puerto Vallarta. And it looked like you had a lot of fun. I had so much fun that my liver is very angry with me. <laughs> uh, yeah, we flew out there last Saturday, came home yesterday, so Saturday. And yeah, it was just a really great time, man. Out there with a bunch of friends, many of whom have been on the show. Uh, yeah, Grant and Callie and Caitlin have all been on the show. Um, but yeah, just so much fun. The weather was fucking hot and so humid. <laughs> oh my God. There were a couple days that it was just miserable. Yeah. Like just, you just were wet the whole day and felt overheated. And, but yeah, we did some well, parasailing and lots of drinking. And you, you come from here where on a bad day, it's, you know, 20% humidity when it's hot out. Yeah. And you go there where it's probably 95% humidity oh God, all day long. It was so humid. It was so humid. And, you know, you sit on the beach, which was beautiful, and order drinks. And everything there is so inexpensive. Um, but So we just get shit-faced <laughs> sitting on the beach <laughs> and, you know, going out and playing in the ocean every now and then. And, yeah, just... you. I mean, I, there was, I think it was Wednesday or Thursday, Tracy and I were just like, we're not going to drink today because we need a little bit of recovery. <laughs> like, I just, you, you just start to feel sick all the time. Just like, my stomach doesn't feel good. I, Here. 
your, yeah. your head isn't in the right space. You're all foggy. Oh yeah. Feeling foggy and just like this general malaise, just like, I don't, I don't feel right. Something, something bad's going on inside. Um, but yeah, then we had dinner at a few amazing places. One of the places that we had dinner, uh, is called the blue shrimp and we set up our reservations late enough and it's also the off season. Okay. So there's like hardly anybody at the resort or at a lot of the restaurants downtown uh, or even around the resort. And this place is just kind of outside the resort. And so it's this big restaurant and they set us up at this, like their best table in the whole place. It's kind of this little outcropping over the water underneath this big palapa, you know, seating for six there, which was perfect. It was the six of us at this cool table. And it's just like, the freshest seafood like they come over and they're like this is what we have today and they bring you this is what was caught today you can you can pick you know you can do surf and turf or right i I can just imagine a guy sitting there on the balcony with a megaphone going steve they want the crab go get it (laughs) just down at the ocean the guy jumps out of his boat and scubas down grabs a crab brings it up not that one and these shrimp were just fucking huge they're like the size of a big like chicken thigh leg, like just <laughs> fucking enormous. Um, so that, yeah, steak and lobster fucking. Oh, and then the, because Grant's 50th birthday is actually mm-hmm. today. Happy birthday, Grant. Happy birthday. But so we kind of celebrated his 50th birthday all week yeah. long. And so we'd go out to dinner and tell everybody there at the restaurant, oh, it's his birthday. We're, <laughs> we're out here celebrating his birthday. And so, which isn't a lie. Yeah, I mean, we were. We were out there celebrating his birthday and got him a little necklace with 50 on it and everything. And uh, the dinner at the Blue Shrimp, they asked if, you know, we wanted drinks after dinner. And we're like, oh, yeah, you know, some coffee would be like be good. And they're like, oh, yeah, we have the thing for you. And this guy brought out these, like, silver bowl things and a, a bit of flame in the middle. And a bunch of alcohol and coffees and started mixing them all together and then set it on fire and was like pouring liquid fire uh, into the bowls. It was amazing. I've got video. I'll have to, I'll have to post that on our Facebook page that is really fucking cool, man. They like, it's really dimly lit in there. So it's just like this oh, blue yeah. fire that he's pouring out of these goblets and yeah, super fucking cool stuff. It's like a 15 minute show to get a fucking cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> but it's worth it. Oh, yeah, it was so cool. Now, you probably would have the fire marshal come if you did that here in the States. <laughs> <laughs> we we kept remarking about that, like, I don't know if Osho would be okay with doing this in the U.S. Like, I mean, he's he's pouring things. There's like a good, you know, two-foot space uh, in between where he's pouring. And, yeah, it was it was pretty amazing. Um, it was so humid there. You'd be sitting in your hotel room, and, you know, I have only had my glasses for about a year now. Yeah. But you keep your hotel room nice and cool, and then you go outside and you're just hit with this blast of hot humidity. And my glasses would cool while I was sitting in the hotel, and then yep. I'd step outside, and they'd instantly fog up. And me, being a dumbass, kept thinking to myself, oh, that's okay. They'll clear up in just a minute as the as it <laughs> evaporates away. But no, it's so fucking humid there, it wouldn't go away. So there's just me standing there or walking around with foggy lenses uh, forever until I'd realize, oh, no, it's too humid for it to evaporate very quickly. So You can I get spray for that. Yeah. But I didn't have any. <laughs> and, it, yeah, it was just one of those learning experience yeah. things. Um, what else is new? And I have to apologize to all our listeners because I didn't put out a show while I was away. Uh, last Sunday before I left, 
Um, Matt came over and we recorded for a bit. Ryan was unavailable. He was working. Matt and I basically recorded an opener and talked about a few different things. And then it was like, well, shit, it's only been three days since we yeah. recorded. What are we going to talk about? Went online, scouring a bunch of different stuff. Couldn't really much find much of anything to talk about that day. And so I was just going to release our opener with some mixes of like uh, some of our Patreon stuff from the past and yeah. put that out. And then, of course, I forgot to bring any of that audio with me to edit and send out. So I'll be including that probably as the Patreon portion of this show. Okay. So for our Patreon patrons who are missing Matt and... Yeah, we hope Matt gets feeling better. He has bronchitis today and couldn't uh, join us. So hopefully he'll be feeling better next week when we have Christine Stenquist in yeah. studio. That'll be very nice to chat with her for a bit. She's uh, Could we call her the architect of Prop 2 and bringing yeah, marijuana definitely, definitely to one, one of the, the most strict states on trying to get marijuana? Like one of the last states you'd ever think would get marijuana medically or any way. She's the one pushing for that. Yes. Yeah, definitely one of the central figures in getting Prop 2 passed and working with the legislature here and a bunch of other groups to have medical cannabis available yeah. in Utah. So that'll be very interesting. Um, I have a lot, a lot of stories from Puerto Vallarta that we may get into just kind of as this as the show goes on. There, the One of the last nights we were there, in fact, I think it was the, yeah, it was the last night we were there. We went out partying downtown uh went uh went to a bunch of different bars in the romantic zone of puerto vallarta Ooh. and well it's called the romantic zone it's basically just like an older part of the town oh, okay. but it's it's very uh lgbtq friendly okay it's kind of like it's like puerto vallarta the romantic zone is like the palm springs of mexico uh very very LGBTQ friendly, tons of gay, lesbian, bi people there, lots of trans people. Uh, we went to a drag show the last night we were out there at one of the bars for a while. And there were pole dancers there that were fucking incredible, man. <laughs> these guys were just like, it was like a Cirque du Soleil show sitting there watching these guys on the pole. It and was amazing. And that's why it should be in the Olympics. Yeah. Uh, like I just I was in awe watching some of the things that these people I've, were doing. I've watched the competitive pole dancing, not in a sexual way, at all because it's like check this out and it's like holy fuck! Like that person's How the fuck like are they doing that? Like on one pole <laughs> and then they're like doing a backflip and grabbing on like like this is pole dancing to an extreme. Like yeah, this should be in the Olympics. <laughs> fuck, was, this should be a part of gymnastics. It was really cool, um, but. That that night too, we kind of got fucked over. Or our cab driver, oh. one of our cab drivers, tried to fuck us over because you were American. Well, because we had gone to yeah, be, that's exactly why. So we had gone to the there's a restaurant called Acaramba that's set way up on the side of the hill, and you can see like the whole all of the beachfront properties, all of the Malecon down below, all of these houses and everything. It's just it's an amazing view. You can see the whole bay. Uh, great, great seafood there. And our ride from the hotel to the restaurant was like 50 pesos or whatever. And then we leave the restaurant and want to go downtown. No, it was, we, we all took this big cab to the restaurant. From the restaurant, we went downtown and then we walked around a little bit and then we're like, oh, let's go to the other end of the Monacon and we're going to go to the zoo. It's a big gay bar down there. And 
So we decide that we're going to take a couple separate cabs because they're easier to find than one big one to try mm-hmm. to fit everybody in. So it was fifty dollars to get to the all the way from the restaurant all the way back down to the beach. Down was to that the fifty dollars or fifty pesos? Fifty pesos. Yeah. And so, so it was like, oh, fifty pesos, no big deal. So you know, we get in the cabs, take those down there, walk around for a little bit, took some pictures, went to you know, looked at a bunch of the different bars down there, and we're old and they were way too loud. <laughs> so we're like, let's go to a smaller bar, you know, just just kind of hang out, be able to chat and everything. And so we called another cab get in the cab and we're like oh yeah how much to just go you know a few blocks up the road here he's like uh oh uh, well where are you from norte Mari- Mari- norte americanos see uh 450 pesos oh and i'm like what that seems like a <laughs> lot and he's like oh no he's good it's a good deal so then he starts driving and immediately starts turning away from the beach and i'm like where are you going and then he makes another left Starts heading in the exact opposite direction of where we're going. And I'm like, I Kidnapped. better Google Maps. The, yeah, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm going to fucking start Google Maps up right now. I fucking, I sent my location to Callie so that she could track us because Callie Brig and uh, Caitlin were all just walking. It was me, me, Grant and Tracy okay. who decided to get a cab over there. And I'm like, put this on Google Maps. I'm sharing my location with Callie and I'm talking to the driver. And I'm like, where are you going? And then Grant's like, aren't you just kind of driving us in a big circle? <laughs> and I'm like, how much again? And he's like, uh, we, we say, we say 300 pesos. And I'm like, no, no, that's still way too much. And so then he, he turned around again. He ended up taking three lefts and just went in this big circle. Yeah. Finally dropped us off where we needed to go. And Grant said, well, how much? And he's like, oh, oh, 100 pesos. So a hundred pesos. And I was like, okay, fine. And then, yeah, but I was just like 450 pesos. Are you fucking kidding me? It's like half the trip that we took down from the restaurant. (laughs) No, that's not going to work for me, buddy. But there were, there were a lot of cool things going on down there. We, at the, at the club where we went and saw the drag show, there was a, a, the waiter who was helping us had a New England Patriots tattoo logo on, on his uh, bicep. And I just thought, well, that's kind of interesting and weird. So I was like, Patriots, huh? And he's like, oh, yeah, it's kind of a long story. <laughs> and and I was like, well, why? You know, you're you're in Mexico, in Mexico. Do you, do you watch the NFL? And he's like, no. So the story is <laughs> my friend, he was Norte Americano. He come here. We, we become good friends. And he always was wearing Patriots gear. I, you know, he, I guess he was a big Patriots yeah. fan. And because it was a gay bar, the subtext was probably that they had a bit of a romantic relationship for okay. a little while. And he's like, you know, he was, we, came, we became very good friends. And, uh, then he died in a car accident. And I was like, oh, I kind of feel like a dick for like, <laughs> asking like about your like, Patriots tattoo. Like you probably lost a bet. Yeah. And I'm oh. like, this guy's boyfriend, I'm, yeah, I'm imagining it was probably his boyfriend died in a car accident. And yeah. So, but yeah, it was, Fucking amazing. It was a great, great trip. I highly recommend, uh, if anybody's looking for a fairly inexpensive vacation destination, Puerto Vallarta is awesome, man. So much fun. So many great places to go. It's all fucking gorgeous there. Big iguanas walking around <laughs> all over the place. Tree frogs everywhere. Like here we have crickets there. They have tree frogs. I could hear, well, you played that audio clip earlier. That's all I could hear in the background. Yeah. Yeah. It was so cool. And yeah. Just tons and tons of great stories I'm sure I'll be telling for a long time, but 
lots and lots of fun. Also have some audio from the last <laughs> night we were there. Uh, the, the cab ride that we took home after we were all thoroughly shit faced and been out all night. Uh, we did find a larger cab to fit all six of us, but it was like a smaller minivan. And there's, you know, us six large adults and the driver. And so trying to get in there, we had to like wedge ourselves into the van. And when the door was shut, it just like, we could barely get it to shut and we're all squished in there. Grant was terrified the whole time that the door was going to pop open. We get back to the hotel, the door opens and Grant tries to get out and he's drunk and we're tired and we've been squished forever and he's trying to get out and just ends up taking like this really long fall to the ground. Like it took forever for it to happen. <laughs> and then we're all so fucking drunk and laughing at him uh, that I didn't even see a lot of what was going on. But apparently then while he was down on the ground, instead of just rolling over and getting up, he's like wiggling around on the ground, <laughs> trying to <laughs> trying to squirm his way out like, of the way of anybody else who may fall uh, out of the van. And oh my God, it was just my stomach two days later still hurts from how hard and how long I laughed at that whole thing. And then I pulled out my phone to just try to grab a little bit of audio about us, of us just talking about it afterward that I'm hoping I can clean up and, and hopefully we'll put out as like a extra at the end of the yeah. show. Also that, yeah, just so much fun. I had such a great time. It, I can't say enough good things about it. So let's talk about something else instead. Okay. <laughs> Aloha, everybody. This is Nico Gonzalez, former Jehovah's Witness and a content producer for the Conversations with God podcast. Be on the lookout for my own show, coming soon, called If I Was God. You're listening to The Godless Revolution. Oh, my God. <laughs> Look at these derps going on a church trip. Derp, derp, derp. <laughs> Wait, what's going on? Are we on a church trip? Did you and that turd set us up? Why would you do this? It'll be fun. Take me back, Shelby. No, it'll be fun. You're the one here. Stop paddling. Stop fighting Stop me. Stop paddling. It's too late. Thanks for listening. Now back to the show. Oh, that was crazy. <laughs> what was? I don't, you saw it. Oh, that thing. Yeah. Fuck me. Fucking nuts. I wish we were recording when that happened. Oh, yeah. That was wild. Shit. <laughs> well, we're back to the show now. <laughs> We've just been chit-chatting for a little bit. Um, the, a couple things that I forgot to mention during the show opening that I wanted to get to uh, kind of got sidetracked. and uh, We're out of practice, man. It's been, it's been a minute. Like three weeks for me? Two, three, two? two I forget. Time three. is weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, first, I wanted to mention that uh, I have a my first, I guess, formal, formal debate yeah. lined up for October 3rd. It'll be myself and Dr. Gregory Clark, who was a previous guest on this show, uh, talking about some of his advancements at the University of Utah. Which are really fucking awesome. Yeah. Fucking awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, He's doing better than God. Super smart guy, helping people who have lost limbs regain some functionality and use through uh, uh, bioprosthetics. Yeah. That are fucking amazing. Incredible work. Um, so it will be he and I arguing on the atheist side of things against Dr. James White and Jeff Durbin. Both from Arizona. Apparently. I don't know much about them, and I don't yet have a location. They are working on getting a location secured, but it will be October 3rd, 7 to 9 p.m. somewhere. I will let you all know more details as they roll in. It will but, be in the Salt Lake Valley. Yeah. Yeah. And I, For sure. And I 
need to do some research into what these guys think and say and what their arguments are going to be. But the whole and the the premise is something like does does God exist or something like just some generic dumb like, thing okay, like which God? which God are we talking about? Yeah, it's the 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 premise I had an initial problem with because I'm just like well, what God are we talking about? Like you're making all of these assumptions just in the premise that indicate that you don't really know much about anything else or or think everything else is just as silly as everybody else thinks your beliefs your beliefs are yeah so. but that'll be interesting i've not done a formal debate before and apparently these guys are very practiced at that yeah so. and, and apologetics and all that good bullshit yeah so they they're they're probably much more polished and I've they're never, probably listening to this right now i've never done a formal debate ever anywhere like in high school, nothing. I I wasn't on the debate team or anything, so it'll be interesting. Oh, I hope I don't go down in flames. But at least you've watched debates. You know how a debate is structured. You kind of pretty much. You're going into it not as a complete novice. You kind of understand the yeah. format. It's just the actual argument side of it. You're not used to. Yeah, and it's I don't know the the way they've structured it is like 15 minute opener for each yeah. side of each team going back and forth, and then I don't know. We'll. We'll be working, we'll be hammering out more details and get a location and everything, but it's somebody else, some other religious person is putting this on, and they just, they basically wanted a couple atheists as punching bags, so. So. I'll, I'm happy to do that. <laughs> they're, 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 they're not going to be easy to punch. No, yeah, I think, I, I, I mean, if the truth is on your side, then it's hard to really be wrong about a lot of yeah. things or, or too incredibly wrong about them. So it'll be interesting. I'm guessing they're going to probably try using tag or Kalam or any of the more philosophical arguments for the existence of a God, but yeah. that doesn't get us anywhere near the Christian God that they believe in and Jesus and all of that other stuff. So it'll be interesting one way or another. It'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And, and, Dr. Clark is very firebrandy, so yes. that should be fun as well. I mean, if you guys just keep emotions in check, you should do really good. Yeah. Maybe we'll maybe we'll see if we can get him in here for for, for debate prep. Yeah, for, for pre debate chat or post debate wrap up kind okay. of review kind of thing afterward. That'll be fun. So there's that and then our a longtime friend of the show, yeah. big supporter of the show, Brandy Hamrick, whose name you hear at the uh, end, end of, of every show yeah. as a Patreon supporter. I mentioned a few episodes ago that she had been having some health issues, and I didn't realize apparently how bad they were. I It was only, I think, three days ago while I was on vacation in Mexico that I saw that she has a GoFundMe account posted and and offers more details of what she's been going through, and this I don't think we've ever promoted anybody else's GoFundMe on here before. Never. Um, and it's not something I'm looking to do a whole, a whole lot or very often. But, but she's she's been she's, a very long time supporter. I of the think show. she was. I think she was like our first Patreon supporter. If not the first, she was yeah, like one the, first. Of the first. Uh she traveled up just to see you guys when you were at the uh we American in, Atheist Convention yeah. to give you a t-shirt and hang out with for the day. So Yeah, when we were in Cincinnati. Yeah. And she's just super super nice person. Both both she and her partner Sam are both incredibly nice people and so it's very unfortunate to hear about all of the health problems she has. I will be sure to post a link to 
her GoFundMe fundraiser in the uh, show notes for this episode. Uh, but wanted to give you a little bit of background. This is just from the Go, their GoFundMe site. Uh, was created August 15th. It says Brandy went to the ER on July 25th with severe abdominal pain. A lesion was found on her colon and they scheduled her for a colonoscopy the following week outpatient because she, quote, wasn't sick enough to be in the hospital, end quote. The day of the colonoscopy prep, Brandy became violently ill and was transported to the hospital via ambulance. The lesion was found to be a mass that... Whoops, sorry. My foot slipped off of my little mute button there. <laughs> the, the lesion was found to be a mass that was completely obstructing her colon and she needed emergency surgery. The surgery consisted of removal of the mass along with a large section of her colon, placement of a colostomy, and a wedge resection of her liver. A few days later, a port was installed in her chest for future cancer treatments. At this time, we're unsure of the exact treatment plan as we wait for oncology reports and appointments. Sam has put his business on the back burner to manage Brandy's recovery from surgery and navigate this difficult diagnosis. And Sam runs a, a record store. A record store, yeah. So they gave me a T-shirt for Sullivan's Records that's very cool. Um... She does have health insurance, but out-of-pocket expenses are already mounting. Being an ostomate uh, comes with many special needs and supplies that are not covered by insurance, and we are unsure whether they will need, and we are unsure where they will need to travel for treatment. Give if you can, and sure if you cannot. Thank you. And so I will be giving absolutely, uh, probably yeah. at the end of the show. I will do that. And wanted to share it with all of our listeners in hopes that we can help drum up support for Brandy because they're both just really cool people. Yeah. I'm so, so sorry to hear about your health problems, Brandy. I wish you well and hope that the doctors can get this all sorted out for you and that our listeners will also contribute what they can to help you as you navigate these murky waters of our healthcare system and a pretty crappy health diagnosis yeah. that I'm really, really sorry to hear. So hope you're doing well. Hope we we hear from you soon and that, that our listeners can help uh, with all of the funding needs that you're going to need throughout this whole ordeal. So very sorry to hear that. As And again, I will post a link to this in the show notes for this episode. And if you want Matt to read Dr. Seuss on air, if that will give you a little bit of uplifting, we'll make <laughs> Matt read some Dr. Seuss books or, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Let us know if there's anything else that we can do to help you out with this. But yeah, cancer fucking sucks. It, it's a terrible, terrible, awful, crappy thing, man. Mm -hmm. My grandfather died of lung cancer. My sister died of bladder cancer. Well, and well, that was what ultimately took her. Yeah. <laughs> she, she had a lot of problems. Um, yeah. I've I've had all kinds of skin cancer. I have stitches in my head right now as we speak. A from lot of stitches. A lot of stitches. Uh, I mentioned to everybody on the show that I would that I was going to have Moe's surgery yep. and then I fucked that up by not having the surgery on my calendar. And so I missed that. And so I just went in to see my dermatologist and he just cut it out in his office. I had a basal cell carcinoma on my, on the top of my head that was just basically this sore woundy spot on my head that had been there for months and months and just wasn't healing. So I went into the doctor to have it removed so yeah, I'm I'm very familiar with cancer and I feel very badly for Brandy. Um but yeah, the the stitches on my head, he had to take such a big section out that when he was trying to stitch my head back together, he was having a hard time because there just wasn't Whoa. enough loose skin left to pull together. 
But I will say this. Hmm. You do look younger. Oh, yeah. That's, that's funny they, you they, said that. All the wrinkles are gone. <laughs> well, because <laughs> while I'm sitting there, right, like, and with with it being on the top of my head, all of the sounds of them oh, doing yeah. all of the work are transferred through your skull right into your eardrum so you can hear everything Would you be really, weird? really, really well. So, like, everybody in the listening audience right now, if you just take your finger and touch it to the top of your head and then move it slowly, and you can hear that kind of grainy oh, yeah. dragging sound. Oh, it's almost like a shovel on gravel a little bit. So... When I went into the doctor, they give you the numbing shots, mm-hmm. right, to numb the area before they cut a big the chunk local out of Local anesthetic? You. Yeah. And so they, you know, they clean the area first, and then they give me the numbing shots, and then the doctor comes in, and he's doing his thing. And so he, he makes his first incision, and the the nurse assistant who is there with him, or the, the PA who's in there with him, um... I, I I don't know if she's a PA or just a nursing nursing uh, person, a nurse. I don't I don't nurse. know what her title is. Anyway, she's in there helping him, and he makes the first incision, and he's like, "Oh, could you get that?" And I feel her dabbing, and then she's just like, "Oh, oh, I should have brought oh More. I should have brought the cauterizer, <laughs> and I I didn't think about it. I, I should have gotten it." And he's just like, "Oh, that's okay." And she's like, "Well, should I go get it?" And he's like, "Oh, well, let's see." And he he I could feel him remove the bandage for a second. He's like. Yeah, you should go get that. So, <laughs> so she's like, okay, I'll be right back. So she steps out, wheels in this, wheels uh, in this uh, machine, and he's like, yeah, you probably should turn it up to eleven. And I thought, well, well, I, fuck. You know, instantly, I'm I'm having images the of spinal fucking tap. spinal tap. <laughs> this one goes to eleven. I, I'm guessing it goes much higher, but this, you know, he's like, oh, you want to turn it up to eleven initially. So then he starts using this mach- this cauterizing machine, and I can hear it like zapping. And then I can smell burned hair and flesh as he's cauterizing a few different veins, I guess, that traverse the the area where he just cut this chunk out of my head. And he's cauterizing for so long, like cauterizing, 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 and then he'd stop and they'd lift the bandage and then he'd go, nope, still need a little bit more here. (laughs) You were bleeding a a lot. I was, I was bleeding a whole lot. Like I just kept seeing her dropping you know, soaked bloody bandages on the little table thing that they had wheeled in. Did you get woozy? Uh, not from seeing it, but from like lack of blood. <laughs> I did get a little woozy and it was, it was. So when he first makes the first incision, right. And I told everybody to put your finger on your head and yeah. kind of move it around. You feel that you hear that kind of gravelly sound. Um, so he makes, he makes the incision and then, you know, they kind of cut an eye shape, mm-hmm. like the shape of an, of an eye. And, so I, he does that, and then it's they've got to cut the skin away from the scalp too. So he makes oh, yeah. the incisions they around, gotta, and then they've got to carve that out. It. So I can hear all of that as it's transferring through, <laughs> transferring through to my ears. It's making my teeth hurt. And so yeah, you can just you can hear everything they're doing really well, and you know they're they're cauterizing. There's tons of bloody bandages, and I made some joke about. Oh yeah, well you know, I, from past experience, I know that my head bleeds a whole lot, <laughs> and and he's like, oh well, everybody's head bleeds a lot. It's very vascular. You've got to have a bunch of blood supply to the brain and everything. I'm like, oh yeah, just you know, I've had a lot of injuries. My head's a roadmap of scars. <laughs> and he kind of chuckled, and he's like, yeah, well, we'll get you fixed up. This shouldn't be too bad. And so they keep trying to cauterize it, and that takes forever. Just while he's trying to do that, then he finishes cleaning the, or you know cutting the chunk out of my head and plops that in the little <laughs> biopsy thing that they're going to ship off somewhere. 
And then he's like, well, let's know. We're going to have to see if we can close this up. (laughs) And I'm like, going to see if you can. And so then he starts like pushing the, the top of my scalp together to try to get it stitched. And he's like, it's going to be really tight. It's going to be close. So then he starts stitching. And as he starts stitching, I guess something else started to bleed. And he's like, oh, we're going to need some more cauterizing. So, and he's, and I'm the first appointment of the day, which was probably a mistake. You know, they, they tell you when you should do different things at different times of the day and how people react. Like you know, like if you're in court, you don't want to be, you don't want lunch. to, yeah, you don't want to be before lunch. You want to be right after lunch. You don't want to be the first case of the morning, last case of the day, you know, different times for different things, just based on people's, people's moods. moods and being the first appointment for the day for a surgery may not have been the best choice in the world. <laughs> he took a little extra off the top. Because it's just, you know, they're getting into work. They're getting into the groove of things. They haven't really quite thought everything out for the day yet. So they're doing all Then he needs to cauterize some more. And they finally get the bleeding stopped. And he was nervous, I'm guessing, just because of the amount of bleeding. Because he ended up, uh, you know, after he tried to put the one stitch in and then it started bleeding more, he ended up dropping the needle on the floor. Then he needed oh. to get more. <sighs> So she had to go and get another sewing kit to bring in to sew up my head. And he's, he's starts doing the stitching and trying to push the skin together <laughs> to have something to close. And he's just like, this is going to be really tight because you don't have a whole lot of loose skin up here. And I'm like, yeah, well, I guess that's good. And he's like, well, if you look at mine and he kind of bends down and he's like, look at all this squishy skin up here. And he's, <laughs> he's like in his late sixties, early seventies. Uh, and so it's just like, yeah, tons of loose skin and wrinkles on the oh, top of his head. I can make mine into a melon. I used to squeeze <laughs> it when I would have it balled into a melon, all the wrinkles. So, so he's doing all of that. And, you know, he starts, he starts stitching it finally again. And by this time, after going through all of the bleeding and all of the cauterizing and the starting and stopping of stitching the local anesthetic is starting to wear off a little bit, but he's got so little skin to work with. He starts stitching and it's clear that they're a little nervous. They aren't going to be able to get it to stay. And I had already told them that I was going to Puerto Vallarta in a couple days. And he's like, so you're going to be in the water much. And I'm like, well, uh, as much as possible (laughs) probably. And he's like, Hmm. Yeah, we'll give you a prescription for some Keflex because we don't want this to get infected. We'll get you on a preventative Uh, antibiotic uh, thing that I I never even ended up taking them because I try to not do that as much as possible. mm -hmm. But so anyway, he starts stitching and it feels really tight. Like I can feel my eyebrows raising a little bit and everything. I'm like, oh man, I'm getting the two for one. And he's like, what do you mean? And I said, well, came in to get a mole removed and you're giving me a free facelift. Yep. <laughs> and he kind of chuckles and he's like, yeah, basically this is going to be really tight. So he starts stitching and he gets, he's, he gets to where he thinks it's closed pretty well. And, and he says, Oh, that was a really good stitch. Did you see that one? And she's like, Oh yeah, that is a really good stitch. He's like, that's one of the best mattress stitches I've made. I don't know what a mattress stitch I is. I don't know what that is either. Anyway. So, but then he put in some extra stitches just because the skin was so tight. He didn't want it to rip through stitches very easily, so he put in extra stitches to make it make sure that it stayed closed. And he didn't fill it with super glue, dude. And it was super tight; like it hurt to laugh. Just, <laughs> just in laughing, I guess something moves on my head. That uh, anytime I laughed, it made it hurt. I could frown like crazy, and that didn't hurt at all. Oh yeah, when you laugh, you tense up the muscles in your face, which probably pulls something down a little bit something yeah but then and you you know i have this habit of when i'm sitting somewhere i'll put my arms over my head yeah just kind of rest my hands on my head 
and did that a couple times and then thought, oh, fuck, that's right. Don't I got a big that. wound on the top of my head. <laughs> it was pretty painful for a few days, but seems to be doing okay now. I should get my stitches out, I think, in another week. He said he wanted to leave them in for at least two weeks because it was so tight. I've, I've taken stitches out. Oh, yeah, I usually do. Yeah. But it's on the top of my head and I can't see them, so. Uh. I'm, I'm going I'm in to have him remove them. I'm surprised Tracy doesn't want to have the pleasure of removing her stitches. She would. She's, she's offered in the past, and I'm like, yeah. yeah, I got it. I can take care of it. And she helped with stitches, I think, on my leg a couple of years ago when I had them. But, yeah, so cancer fucking sucks. Yeah, fuck cancer. No es bueno. Hello. My name is Tony from the Conversations with God podcast. And as the name suggests, on that podcast, I talk to the creator of the universe, God. We discuss philosophy, cooking, death and diseases, amongst other important subjects. And you're listening to the Godless Revolution podcast, which is much better than the Conversations with God podcast. And we should be grateful to Maddie for donating these wonderful kayaks as we clean up the beach in the name of Jesus. Making us clean up trash with church people? You're disgusting. If anyone finds out I did this, you're dead. You and the Godless Revolution will be reassimilated in three, two, one. So the bit of news that we're going to cover first. Uh, you you, oh, you put this yeah. in, our, in our little yeah. show notes thing. Yeah. I hadn't seen this. Yeah. This, this is apparently Dr. Robert Jeffress on Religious and Family Values in America and his new children's book on Fox and Friends. So this should be a lot of fun. It, it, it starts off not angry, like, oh, okay, yeah, some numbers, some numbers. But it it makes a sharp turn. Robert Jeffers is just a dick. Yeah, I hate that he's, guy. He's an asshole. So let's hear what the asshole has to blow about. Ooh, it's such a jazzy opening. Yeah. A new survey showing a serious shift in American values, with fewer prioritizing patriotism, religion, and even having children. And, and they've got on their big board, it, it says Americans have shifted on what values matter most. It has, as he mentioned, patriotism, religion, and having children. This is a Wall Street Journal, NBC News poll of a thousand adults between August 10th and 14th. Margin of error is plus or minus 3.1 percentage points. So apparently, patriotism. Uh, now is at 61% in 1998, it says 70% religion. And I'm guessing this is what, oh yeah, what values matter most? Yeah. Religion now is at 50% in 1998, it was at 62%. And having children now is at 43% in 1998, was at 59%. So I think all of those it's roughly trends the same. are good. Yeah. They're all trending lower, which is good. I mean, we we have a lot of people, and d- depending on how you define patriotism, yeah. Um, I mean, I I, I said I was going to try to write something up. I st- will still will do it sometime, just on people's d- definition of patriotism and how fucked up it is most times. Mm-hmm. But uh, but religion definitely going down. Yeah, that's I got no problem with that. Yeah, and I yeah, depending on your definition of the word patriotism, I I guess I don't have a huge problem with. Patriotism per se, uh, jingoism is a big problem. Yeah, here, though, particularly in the U.S. But that's usually more along the lines of being like, you must respect the flag, you must respect this, you must respect yeah. this, you must have don't a religion. Don't question the president. You gotta yeah. support them all the time. That's what you they don't define like as. Get out. Yeah, and that's what they define as patriotism. <laughs> it's like, no, it's really not the same. 
Mm. So I'm guessing that they're going to be talking about the result of this poll. Let's see. Yeah, yeah. And those numbers also show a steady decline in support among younger Americans in particular. So what could this mean for the future as the next generation of leaders begins to take shape? It means the millennials are much cooler than the boomers. That's what it means. That means they're going to hopefully put people first but instead of their religion or their their baby factory. But not in front of avocado toast. No. <laughs> Shape. Let's bring in Pastor Robert Jeffers. He's the senior pastor at First Baptist Dallas Church, a Fox News contributor and host of Pathway to Victory Hi, I'm on Fox News. Also has a great new children's book, which we will get to in a moment. <laughs> pastor, thank you very much for being here. See you. Always love having, having me. So this is concerning to a lot of us. If you look yes. at it on its face, there's concerning also a lot of other aspects what? of this poll I want to bring out and then get. We really want to make people have kids and make them be yeah. patriots. And like you, you want to force patriotism and you want to like that would be against any bit of real patriotism that somebody should feel. I mean, and, ideally, you would want to live in a free country that allows you to look at things however you want. And as even long as you're not harming someone if else. What the, the people that said having children was important went down like 11 percent. Yeah. That's really not going to impact uh, the human race that much. No, we have lots and lots of humans on the yeah. planet, and the numbers are only going to go higher. I think their concern is that it's not Christian babies being yeah. born. Well, they probably will be the only ones being born. <laughs> <laughs> Get you to comment on it. If you consider uh, what's very important to people who are younger or older, over 55, 67% of Americans think it's very important to be religious, that religion is important to them. Only 30% for younger folks. Yep. Yeah, the age range that they quote as younger folks is 18 to 38 years old. The question is, do you consider religion very important? Only 30% of 18 to 38-year-olds said yes. And those over 55, it was 67%, which is no surprise. No. I mean, and I wonder if when they say very important, if that's the more evangelical side of it. Because a lot of people say, well, yeah, I'm religious, but it's really not like the defining part of me where people who tend to be more evangelical or like no that's my religion defines me like yeah. that is me that is who i am as a person yeah, yeah. which is a weird thing to center your entire existence like, around what someone else tells you to do but i guess it's only weird for us right like for them it's everything it like it that is this is you know your your life here on earth is just the doormat to eternity so and I, you should make it the focus of of the rest of eternity i can't remember if it, I, someone had called i can't remember if it was me or i can't remember where it was they said you're acting like the Borg being an atheist. And I'm thinking, I'm like, that doesn't make sense. What? Like from Star Trek. Yeah. I'm like, wait, aren't the Borg the people that are all assimilated into one single group of people and they'll all follow one single leader? Kind of like the fucking religious people do. <laughs> and that's more a Borg mindset. Than and and the humans on Star Trek are more of the atheists where they're. Different kinds, different groups. They don't put, yeah. they put their science and technology and, and, and research ahead of this religion. Mm hmm. Hmm. Uh, and then as far as having children, 54% for over 55, only 32% for those under the age of 38. Is this just a age divide or? Yeah, why would why would having children be something that somebody would consider being very important? I mean, I well, can understand people who want to have kids. Yeah, of course, it's very important to them. But for a lot of people, it's yeah, no, I don't necessarily want to have to support kids. And my other question for this, this, this one is so 54 percent of people over the age of 55 say having children is very 
very important. Yeah. Is that still very important? They still want to have children? <laughs> I want to make it? sure other people have children at this point. That's what I'm wondering. It's basically, is it basically yeah, yeah. saying, I hope, uh, yes, people having kids is very important to me. Yeah. I want baby factories. Yeah. Why is this happening? No, it's something much more serious than that. You know, every civilization is only one generation away from barbarianism. What the fuck are you yeah. talking about? One civilization, one, sorry, one generation away from barbarianism? No, like we've, every generation we have gets further away from that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a great point that every generation we have gets farther and farther away from barbarianism. Yeah. If we fail to pass our faith and values on to our children and children's children, it leads to a moral unraveling of society. And that's what. No. Fuck you. Going with the moral superiority argument of if we are superior to you and we need to push this forward or else we're all dead. Yeah. And he's acting as if morality is a finite resource yeah. that we have to we have to indoctrinate people when they're young or else they're not going to have any morals. Fuck you. Or that morality only comes from religion that you can't teach someone to be a moral upstanding person without it, which he will reference here in a second. Yeah. What we see happening right now, you know, about 60 years ago, secularists started telling us that as a nation, we could be good without God. And so there we're we trying to pass, down, yeah. uh, pass along values without the undergirding spiritual foundation for that. And it's been a complete wreck. You know, has it you fucking lying fucking dickbag. So does he think, well, I mean, is he a young earth creationist who thinks that the the. Earth has only been around for six to ten thousand well, years. He might be because they are advertising the Ark Encounter in the fucking corner of the screen. <laughs> what a fucking dumb, shitty fucking thing to say. The people—he's basically saying the people without belief in religion, you know, they don't have any undergirding moral principles yeah. to support the way the way that they live their lives and treat other people, which is absolute bullshit. Because since I don't believe in a god, I guess I can just do whatever the fuck I want because it doesn't matter. But it does matter. <sighs> spiritual foundation for that and it's been a complete wreck you know somebody said socialism works until you run out of other people's money well secularism works until you run out of other people's faith yeah, oh one, my god that, i'm like what the f <laughs> <laughs> socialism works until you run out of other people's money. money no he clearly doesn't even understand what socialism is because it's everybody's money that is pooled together for social needs yeah for social needs yeah not for everything and it's not like the uh, uh the uh the dictatorships that had what people tend to call a uh uh socialist society like like russia and them where it's like no they had they were their pay was decided by the state mm -hmm. that's not how it would work if we do it here you can still make as much fucking money as you want but you pay taxes and those go towards social fucking programs. Yeah. And it's those those with more wealth who have reaped more benefit from, from the society in which they live pay to more. contribute more because there's no way that they are going to ever use all of that money and they should be helping all of the other people yeah. below them. And it's all percentage based. Yeah. It's not saying that you're giving more. It's like, no, you're giving your your percentage. Yeah. That is nuts. And as a nation, we can't live on the faith of three generations ago. We have to embrace faith and pass it on to our children. Well, you're doing a terrible fucking job at that, <laughs> Mr. Jeffress. I got to tell you right fucking now that if you look at the stats, 
all across, not just the United States, but across the fucking globe. Yeah. People are leaving religion in droves because of stupid shit like this that you say. Stupid mm-hmm. shit that people easily see through. We can see that the older people who aren't on social media very much, who aren't, who don't know how to use computers, who aren't on the internet a whole lot, to actually learn more about the world they live in. Yeah, they don't have as much of an idea about what's going on that's the younger generations who are plugged in, who do see what's going on, who can go and investigate shit for themselves instead of pasting questions like, you know, there's there's several different sites on Facebook and everywhere else that are like devoted to making fun of boomers and, yeah. and how they use the Internet and Facebook and everything else, you know, basically posting questions that they should be pasting into a Google search into like their status for Facebook and shit like that. Like people who understand how technology works to find the answers that they're looking for to learn more about the world they live in instead of going and asking their pastor, what should I do about this? Instead of being a sheep, being able to think for yourself freely and independently and find correct answers instead of what Jack, instead of what some jackass wearing a cross is telling you from the pulpit. But that can also be the issue with, with Google. You can find the answer you want hmm. if you look hard enough. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Versus you, you have to know an answer what that might be more and what isn't. Yeah. And, and so, how to think rationally and skeptically yeah. about what you're reading. Yeah. That's how we get more fucking flat earthers. <laughs> they are born on the internet. <laughs> Can we attribute a lot of this to the breakdown of the family? Because a lot of these conversations about patriotism. Can we blame this on gay people? That's exactly. I mean, when when she first said, I'm like, that's exactly what the fuck you're Mm, saying. Yeah. About having kids and about hard work. Those happen at the dinner table and in those community centers. And with the breakdown of that, where do you go? Well, I, I think it's both the cause and the effect of what we're talking about. Yes, the family is central. And God told the family that they are responsible for passing along these spiritual values. But Jedediah, the problem is, even in families that are intact, they tell their children. Wait a minute. The, one of the hosts' name is Jedediah? Uh, that's news to me. Like, he just gave him that nickname. He gives him all, he gives him all, uh, uh, all biblical, biblical nicknames. <laughs> Well, you need to do this and do that. You know, it's wrong to shoot other people in school. And somebody says, That's a no-brainer. Well, why is it wrong? And the parent doesn't have any real good answer. Who said? What is his oh. answer? Because God said not to? Yeah. How's that a fucking answer for anything? Because I said not to. Well, why? Because yeah. I said not to. That's not a fucking answer for anything. This is, I'm telling you not to do something. I want to know the reason why. What are the reasons why I shouldn't shoot people? Yeah. And if all that, that's the big fucking problem. He's pointing the finger, the finger at secularists because we don't believe in this God who's just going to tell us what we can and can't yeah. do. What if God tells you to do something shitty? Well, you got to like, follow it. Like he does in the Bible quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who's the but, biggest murderer in the Bible? God. I mean, you could probably find a hundred non-biblical reasons why killing someone is bad. Yeah. And there, if you can't give people an explanation of why it's bad to shoot somebody, you're probably a terrible person. Yeah. If you have to fall back on well, God told us not to, you're a terrible fucking person. If you can't find a good excuse for why not to shoot somebody. You've probably shot somebody. (laughs) Or you should maybe go and do that right now. If that's the kind of thing, like, like he's basically saying, well, if I can't find a good reason to not shoot somebody, I guess I I should. And unless God told me not to, and I believe in a God says what's right and wrong. You have to have that spiritual foundation. No, you don't. Uh, The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And I think it's a nation that. 
Yeah, it's all, all about loving. authoritarian thinking yeah. that I can't I can't think for myself. I have to have somebody else do my thinking for me. Yeah. I can't figure out that it's best for me to not murder other people because you know, what if everybody starts murdering everybody, then there's going to be nobody around. I don't want to be murdered, so I'm not going to murder other people. Yeah, and and being afraid of some mystical being isn't a good reason for not doing anything or for doing anything. Yeah, yeah. Fear, fear is a good motivator for a lot of different things, but as part of telling people why they shouldn't do it to just point to some imaginary invisible thing and say, well, this is why you can't or shouldn't do it. That, well, that doesn't give them any good reason to not do it other than fear and of being punished for well, it. There, there's even a big flaw in his argument right mm-hmm. there. Because you say, don't do it because God will punish you. I'm like, okay. But doesn't God forgive me if I ask for it? Yeah, couldn't I go out and just, you know, kill like, like 500 people today and then say, while I'm in prison whoops. awaiting to be murdered myself, I just say, sorry, God, we're good, right? And I, then I can go up into heaven and yeah. hang with him. Tell baby Jesus, I accept you back into my heart again. As long as I'm really sorry about what I did, then I yeah. can get into heaven. Yeah, so that doesn't work. No. That's where we're missing it. Pastor, let's talk about the book. It is called A let's, Place Called Heaven for Kids. Yeah, what do you hope the oh, takeaway of the book is? I, didn't, I never well, got know, to this part. A lot of times, the death of a family member or even a mass tragedy Wait. like El Paso or Dayton causes fear in children, causes them to ask questions is about, about death and about heaven. Mm-hmm. I wrote this book for children to answer the 10 most frequently asked questions a children have about right. heaven. You know, a children have about but, heaven. And he has he have you been there? <laughs> to answer the 10 most difficult <laughs> questions a children has about uh, heaven. Where is it? What are we going to do? Are we going to eat in heaven? And uh, it's written in an uh, easy to understand way. It has beautiful illustrations. In it. It really does. And by the way, that's one. I'm going to talk about an imaginary place run by an imaginary person. And that, just, then I can just make up whatever the fuck I want to say yeah. about it. Way for parents to pass along their faith is yeah. giving them a book like that. Wow. How many books have you written now? This is, I think, number twenty-six. Wow! <laughs> so great stuff. No, wow. you're right. If you don't pass, I don't like the title of the book for one reason. Hmm. It's a place called heaven for kids. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is where all the kids go. <laughs> the kids go. This it's is like, a special section of heaven for kids. It's because it, all of the adults want to go and have a party and hang out, and you know, well, kids get in the way of that. You know how they talked about like the school shootings earlier? Yeah. You know, Billy goes to school, Jimmy shoots Billy's best friend, and now Billy's mom goes, here's a book for you. This is where Jimmy went. This will fix everything. Yay. (laughs) Don't kill anybody because Jesus said not to. What a terrible thing. Like, if your child is experiencing some trauma and fear because of this, say their, you know, fellow classmate, a friend of theirs was shot at school or whatever. You don't give them Robert Jeffress's fucking book. You should take them no. to a therapist. Take them to somebody trained and have a real to deal conversation. With that yeah, uh, because I'll always go back to the one story I remember reading where it was like a twelve-year-old girl had committed suicide after her father died because she wanted to be with her dad, and she thought if she killed herself, she would go to heaven. Yeah, one of those one of those unintended consequences of teaching bullshit to people. Yeah. Is that they'll believe in that bullshit and follow it to what they believe is their yeah. logical conclusion. Oh, I miss them. I kill myself. I get to be with them. Yeah. Oh, he's dead. If I'm dead, then I can be there too. See? Yeah. Easy peasy. Bullshit. Yeah. Hey, everybody. I'm Mary. And I'm Shelly. We have the Latter Day Lesbian Podcast. It's the podcast about an ex-Mormon gay girl just trying to figure out her life. Mm-hmm. And so we do that every week on a podcast, don't we? 
We do. You're supposed to jump in. Sorry. Just jump in any time. Okay. <laughs> I'm here. We are available on your favorite podcast app. Just uh, look for Latter-day Lesbian, where your favorite podcast can be heard. And you're listening to The Godless Revolution. Hey, Pastor Zach. Hi, so my friends and I are loving this beach cleanup. Oh, I'm pleased to hear that. Yeah, yeah, um, but they're about to make, like, a really dumb decision, and I was wondering if maybe you could help put them on the right path like you did for Maddie. As with all of God's children, the key to Maddie's transformation was trusting that Jesus is always by his side. Oh, cool. How long does that take? Well, it took me 15 years to put my faith in Jesus. But if you're looking for a quick fix... I am. It doesn't exist. But something that helps me keep the faith is noticing all the signs of his presence. If you look close enough, you'll see them everywhere. Like that cloud. That could be God. Or that stick. You know, it's all God. Wow. Okay. Signs. Thank you. (laughs) Boo! That guy sucks! Rejoining the Godless Revolution podcast now. Okay, so this next thing that we're going to do comes to us from the New York Times. It's an opinion piece written by Timothy Egan titled, Why People Hate Religion. The charlatans and phonies preen and punish, while those of real faith do Christ's work among refugees. And we haven't read any of this yet, so no. we're going into this cold. Yeah. So I when I when I saw the title of Why People Hate Religion, I thought, ooh, I have some ideas. <laughs> I wonder if this person is going to nail some of the reasons why people hate religion. Let's see. Uh, starts out and says, you don't hear much about Sister Norma Pimentel in no. the secular press. She's not a wacko, a hypocrite, a sexual predator, or a political operative, which we see so many evangelicals being all three. Yeah. Or some combination of the three. Her life's work, she says, is guided by seeing the presence of God in migrant children in the shelter she oversees in the Rio Grande Valley. Vulnerable souls that her president would otherwise put in cages. What you hear about is the phonies. The charlatans who wave Bibles. The theatrically pious and they are legion. Vice President Mike Pence wears his faith like a fluorescent orange vest. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. But when he visited the border this summer and saw human beings crammed like cordwood in the in the Texas heat, that faith was invisible. Yeah, he d- didn't even speak up. Like, how the fuck are you treating another human like this? Yeah, and just kind of turned his back on him like, I don't yeah. really want to see this anymore. We're making money. Trump orders Pence to find passage in Bible where Jesus tells people to get the hell out. <laughs> Through a satirical headline from the comedy writer Andy oh, okay. Barowitz, the above could pass for any day in Trump world. Yes. And Barowitz is awesome with, with the satire that he writes lately. He's been on fire. Uh, Pence is the chief boot- bootlicker to a president who now sees himself in messianic terms. A president who tweets a description of himself as, quote, the second yeah. coming of God. As hard as it is to see God part two boasting about grabbing a woman's genitals, Paying hush money to a porn actress or calling neo-Nazis very fine people, mm-hmm. millions of overtly religious Americans believe in some version of Jesus Trump superstar. <laughs> what you hear about are the modern Savonarolas. In Indiana this summer, Archbishop Charles C. Thompson stripped a Jesuit prep school of its Catholic identity for refusing to fire a gay married teacher. That's a pretty shitty thing to do. Yeah. The same threat loomed over another Indianapolis school until it ousted a beloved teacher with 13 years of service. He was fired for getting married to another man, a legal civil action. The archbishop claimed he was upholding Catholic teaching, an example of the kind of selective moral policing that infuriates good people of faith. Catholic teaching also frowns on divorce. 
But when a divorced teacher at the same school where the gay teacher was fired remarried without a church-sanctioned annulment and posted her status on Facebook as a dare, the archbishop did nothing. For this is a road that leads to thrice-married politically-connected Catholics like Newt Gingrich, Mm -hmm. whose wife Callista, with whom Gingrich married on an adulterous affair before getting married, or carried on an adulterous affair before getting married, is now Donald Trump's ambassador to the Vatican. (laughs) Archbishop Thompson says he tries to be Christ-centered in his decisions. If so, he should cite words from Christ condemning homosexuality. Any words? There are none. That may be one reason a healthy majority of Catholics are in favor of same-sex marriage, despite what their spiritual centuries tell them. Gotta say, I agree with this guy so far. Yeah, I think he's, he's doing very well so far. Religious hypocrites are an easy and eternal mark. The French Revolution was driven in part by the revulsion of starving peasants toward the overfed clerics who had taken vows of poverty. The Protestant Reformation took flight on disgust at a church in Rome that sold passages to heaven, enriching men who had multiple mistresses after taking vows of chastity. White evangelical evangelical Christians, the rotting core of Trump's base, profess to be guided by biblical imperatives. They're not. Their religion is Plato. They have become more like Trump, not the other way around. It's a devil's pact, to use words they would understand. In one of the most explicit passages of the New Testament, Christ says people will be judged on how they treat the hungry, the poor, the least among us. And yet only 25% of white evangelicals say their country has some responsibility to take in refugees. Evangelicals give cover to an amoral president because they believe God is using him to advance their causes. Quote, There has never been anyone who has defended us and who has fought for us who we have loved more than Donald J. Trump, said Ralph Reed at a meeting of professed Christian activists earlier this summer. But what really thrills them is when Trump bullies and belittles their opponents, as counterintuitive as that may seem. Evangelicals, quote, love the meanest parts, end quote, of Trump. The Christian writer Ben Howe argues in his new book, The Immoral Majority. Older white Christians rouse to Trump's toxicity because he's taking their side. It's tribal, primal, primal, (laughs) primal, it's tribal, primal, and vindictive. So yes, people hate religion when the loudest proponents of religion are shown to be mercenaries for a leader who debases everything he touches. And yes, young people are leaving the pews in droves because too often the person facing them in those pews is a fraud. They hate religion because, at a moment to stand up and be counted on the right side of history, religion is used as moral cover for despicable behavior. That fucking nailed it right there. That's awesome. They hate religion because, at a moment to stand up and be counted on the right side of history, religion is used as moral cover for despicable behavior. Perfectly yeah. stated. I they could have done the right thing and, and accepted families and done the right thing by people and helped them out and said, no, we're going to lock them in prisons and somehow justify that because I'm a godly, upstanding, religious person and, and what I'm doing is God's work, so this is okay. Yeah, you know, they could have acted in the way in which they profess Christ to have acted. And well, you know, when the people always say with uh, the abortion thing, well, what if the person you aborted could have cured cancer? Well, what if that little kid coming over from uh, El Salvador could have grown up in the U.S. and gotten a great education and cured cancer? Mm -hmm. But now he'll never have the chance because you just put him in a fucking prison. Yeah, he'll never have that opportunity. Could have been a brilliant, could be a brilliant child sitting in detention somewhere who won't have the opportunity at a good education and a safe and stable childhood yeah. in order to achieve those goals. Yeah. They hate religion because I already said that this <laughs> is not, this is not new to our age. 
Hitler got a pass from the Vatican until very late in the war. Yeah. Still, we are prisoners of hope, as Archbishop Desmond Tutu loves to say. And if you're looking for hope in the midnight of the American soul, look no further than Sister Pimentel's shelter for hundreds of desperate children in McAllen, Texas. Growing up, Sister Pimentel was going to be an artist, she says, until she felt a strong tug on her soul. It compelled her to a lifetime of selfless service. Faith is not that complicated. Religion always is. Yeah, I'll say I've never never heard her name spoke before. I have not either. But sounds like she's a pretty decent person doing some good work. But on kind of like what his thing covers a little bit. Uh, when we talk about religious fuckwads, we cover the worst of the worst. Yeah. Uh, we usually don't shine much light on people of religion who are actually doing Who are good doing good stuff. things, yeah. Well, and I think a large part of the reason why we don't do that is because those people could still good, do those good things without religion. Yeah. I mean, the, the whole thing about, about that view, to me anyway, is I've never had anybody offer me one thing, one good thing that a person can do that can't be done outside of religion, right? That in order to do this good thing, you have to be religious. Yeah. And that just, it doesn't fucking exist. So you could still be good people doing good things without any kind of religious underpinning for any of that. And bringing in all of those false beliefs just leads you to further false actions because of those beliefs, right? If you're, if your beliefs motivate your actions, believing in bullshit has you doing bullshit actions yeah. in, in the well, name of those beliefs. It, it can, I think it'd be taken both ways with the, uh, you know, if the only thing preventing you from murdering somebody is the thought of God, well, you're a horrible person. Right. But if the only thing that makes you want to do something good for a person is the thought of getting into heaven, well, then you're really not that good of a person. Then you're still not a good person. You're still just doing it out of fear. Fear is the motivation yeah. for you doing these things. So if you don't have a fear of a God and you're doing it because, hey, I want to help, you are doing it because you actually want to do that thing. Yeah, it's that much better to do things yeah. as from a purely secular viewpoint. Versus a religious viewpoint, because you're not doing it for hope of any reward or fear of any punishment. You're doing it just to be a good person, to now, help people. I will say, I mean, you do get a reward out of doing it. I mean, how many times have you gone and done something to help somebody and you get that nice, warm, fuzzy feeling? Oh, yeah. in you? Personal, That's, a personal feeling of gratification. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you do get personal gratification out of helping other people. That shouldn't be the only reason why you do it. But I think you getting that out of that is kind of like, yeah, I feel good about what I'm doing. Not, whoo, got more brownie points for heaven today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and it goes to that whole argument of, you know, is there such a thing as altruism? And I would say it kind of depends on your definition of altruism. But really, whenever you do something, even if you're doing something to help another person, if you get any good feeling out of it, then it's not really an altruistic act, right? You, because you're still gaining benefit from it. Well, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it because then it's a win-win. You're helping somebody and you feel good for helping somebody. Would a, a truly altruistic act be one where you intentionally put yourself into harm's way where you know you're going to get hurt and potentially killed in order to help save someone else? Possibly. Because if in that situation you do, like if you're the guy that runs out, pushes the kid out from in front of a bus, but you in turn get hit by the bus and you're dead. You don't get anything out of that. You don't get any feeling of, yeah, I saved the kid. You're just fucking dead. Yeah. You're gone, Ski. You're gone. Now, if you survive, you probably will later on be like, hey, wow, I'm glad I saved that kid. But you don't know that 
you're going to survive that hit as well. Yeah. You know, you might have a better chance being a grown adult surviving a hit from a fucking bus. <laughs> where you <laughs> or know you that could be kid, so old and brittle that you just turn into squishy goo. Yeah. But I mean, would, <laughs> would, could that be classified as a truly? Possibly. I'd because, have to do some thinking on that. Because if you do something with the, the, with the foreknowledge that I potentially might not make it through this, mm-hmm. this will, this could end in me dying. Yeah. But I'm still going to do it anyways. I mean, dying isn't a good thought to begin with. I suppose it would depend on the person's motivation. Is it because they think this other person is good and kind and they want to save them or it's just or they just have no idea? Or just a perfect they're stranger. They're, they're doing it for a perfect stranger, someone they don't even know, just jumping into action. I mean, it's kind of like, well, not always, but like a person that would jump onto uh, a subway track to try to remove someone while a, while a train's coming. They don't know if they're going to make it out of there or not, but they're going to do their damnedest to try to get that person off the tracks. Perfect mm-hmm. stranger they never met. That could be a drug addict that just passed out. You no, know, someone who society kind of looks down upon anyways, but he's going to sacrifice and potentially sacrifice his own body to help yeah. save someone else. Yeah, I suppose it depends on all of the mitigating factors. You know, what was the person's motivation? Uh, what was the situation? What did they do? What were the consequences? Who did they save? There's a bunch of different things that go into it. So, yeah, I would imagine that there can be some real altruistic acts, but it all depends on all of the other variables and yeah. right? all of the little things that go into it. A lot of nuance for a bunch of different things. That's There's no easy answers for a lot of stuff other than, gosh, I'm trying to think of an easy answer for anything. <laughs> there is no easy answer for anything. I mean, fuck, trying to decide what I want to have for dinner isn't even any easy What's Dan going to do in Puerto Vallarta? Drink, heavily. That's <laughs> yeah, an easy an answer. Easy answer. <laughs> um, next up, we have Gordon Kling and shit. Uh, We've not heard anything from him for a little while. And yeah. this is this should be fun. This comes to us from Right Wing Watch. Uh, it says, Gordon Klingenschmidt, teaching LGBTQ history is, quote, an illegal measure of recruiting children into sodomy. Now, we always know how he twists words and makes them be way out of context to what it is. So we listened to like the first, what, 30 seconds of this? Mm-hmm. I'm just going to go ahead and bet that the state of Colorado added into its curriculum an LGBTQ history class, and that is it. And that's a very bad thing. But I think he takes it way too far. <laughs> yeah, apparently, so it, this says that on a recent episode of his Pray in Jesus Name program, religious right activist and former Colorado state legislator, Gorgon Kli- Gordon Klingenschmidt, and his guest, right-wing journalist Alex Newman, agree that teaching students about LGBTQ history should be illegal. Klingenschmidt was outraged that Colorado recently enacted legislation requiring public schools to adopt LGBTQ-friendly curriculum, claiming that it will result in teachers delivering mandatory homosexual lectures to children. Like, what is a homosexual lecture? Do you uh, do it yeah. with a lisp? <laughs> I don't know. You you tell people they have to be in a same-sex relationship? I, I mean... I don't imagine that they would be teaching that in uh, schools, but we'll turn to the video to see exactly what he says for sure. So here in Colorado, our first... In fact, America's first openly homosexual governor uh, happens to be Jared Polis of Colorado. He just signed into law two bills, House Bill 1032 and 1192, 
both of which require uh, mandatory homosexual yeah. lectures to children in public schools. One of them, it's a requirement for graduation. You have to learn gay history on top of American history. In fact, uh, the teachers, because they're always... Wait a minute. He's treating them as if they're two separate things, as if yeah. gay history isn't part of America. There's no gay history in America at all. They're teaching you something yeah. extra about it's, American history, if, which is fucking bullshit from yeah. the get-go. Stonewall is a part of American history. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Harvey Milk, all everything. Yeah, they're all, all a part of American there history. There are tons and tons of stories coming from the LGBTQ community that, that are part of American history. Yeah. Always pressed for time and under under pressure. They're going to have to neglect teaching about traditional things like Paul Revere. Instead, teach, uh, like you suggest, uh, you know, Mayor Harvey Milk. Uh, and they're redefining all of the textbooks. I think the Illinois bill you mentioned talks about all the textbooks have to carry gay symbol symbology. For example, even mathematics. What? Mathematics There's, is a gay conspiracy. No, I, I, I've. I've I've two plus two equals fabulous. Yeah, I'm like what? (laughs) We never make more symbols for math. Mm. It's pretty well defined as a universal language. Yeah. Which what what gay symbols got put in the math? (laughs) And I also want to know which history of Paul Revere they're going to teach. Is it the history that he did the midnight ride or the one where he got drunk and arrested? Yeah, it's a good question. And the fact that Paul Revere never would have rode on a horse saying the British are coming because they were British. (laughs) Think about it. America wasn't America yet. They were all fucking British. (laughs) So he's not going to ride. They're like, yeah, Paul, we see you. We know you're British. (laughs) You're drunk again. The British are coming. What? Is somebody having an orgy somewhere? What are you talking about? The British are coming. Come on, buddy. I I think if I remember the, the correct history, Paul Revere made three stops. Oh, yeah. Uh, the issue was, well, he had British sentries uh-huh. on the roads mm-hmm. between areas, and he was going to the town center to warn people to, that there were, the invasion was happening. And the town center usually s- took place in the bar. The pub was the town center. So That's where everybody went to socialize and congregate. Yep. Yeah. And that's where he got a drink in each town to tell him, hey, guys, shit's kicking off. We, I just left the Green Dragon. I was talking to my buddies down there. The we're fucking, that was the name of the bar that really? they, the, the name of the bar <laughs> that they were in when they they conspired to start the revolution was called the Green Dragon. Nice. So that happened in a bar as well. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he had would would stop and drink with them as he's telling them, "Hey, shit's kicking off." And he got arrested by a couple of British sentries as he was driving his horse drunk. <laughs> <laughs> DUI from Mr. Paul Revere. But he was one of the more famous guys. Paul Revere was a, uh, 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 what do you call it? Where you make all the, he made utensils uh, out of uh, silver. He was a silversmith. Oh, okay. I did not know that. Now has to have lectures about homosexuality. It doesn't make sense. But years ago, this would be, you know, pedophiles recruiting and grooming children for their own you know, perverse pleasure down the road. What? <sighs> that isn't the, that what a priest does? What the equating of homosexuals with pedophiles yeah. fucking kills me. Fuck you, Gordon Klingenschmidt. Just because they're doing things that you don't like does not make them fucking pedophiles. Why don't we see this as a 
illegal measure of you know recruiting children into sodomy. Uh, yeah, I think that's exactly. How are you defining sodomy? Because sodomy is basically anything that isn't is missionary. That yeah, basically is anything <laughs> that isn't just normal penis and I don't mean normal as in whatever. Yeah, everybody knows what I'm saying, right? It's not just regular intercourse. Yeah. You know, with a man and a, between a man and a woman, basically even uh oral sex between a man yeah. and a woman is considered sodomy. Anal sex, of course, considered sodomy, but it's any act outside of just penis and vagina sex. Well, you go to the UCMJ, the Uniform Court of Military Justice. If it ain't missionary, it's sodomy. <laughs> yeah, basically. How we should see it. In fact, uh, years ago, these people would have gone to prison for this sort of stuff. You know, ex- exposing yeah, we've children to obscene yeah. material, uh, grooming children, exposing them to sexual and indecent material. Uh, how, how how is teaching about Harvey Milk or or any of the things that have happened in the LGBTQ community perverse material? Yeah, sexual. And what makes it indecent in this guy's mind? Yeah. Oh, because they're gay. Oh, right, right. That That's the one qualifier. Yeah. Uh, that's a crime. In fact, that's still a crime on the books in many states today. Uh, Indiana recently passed another law saying it would be a felony to expose children to obscene material. And yet Yeah, these- obscene material like pornography, yeah. straight up hardcore sex. Yeah, they're not doing that in these schools, I would imagine. I, I guarantee they're not. <laughs> a felony to expose children to obscene material, and yet these laws are not being enforced. The government schools all across America are still exposing the children to this stuff. It's getting... To what stuff? Yeah. Give us an example of what the fuck you're talking about instead of just trying to scare people. I mean, you could you could classify the Bible as obscene, ob, ob, oh, as obscene material. Yeah. All of the rape, incest, yeah. murder. Fuck yeah. More and more obscene. And uh, I, I think quite simply, uh, they have accomplished a radical transformation of the culture using the government school system with kind of air support from the far left media and from Holly Weird, you know, the satanic. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, oh, he's going to he get gonna... into satanic something. Uh-uh media and from Hollyweird, you know, the satanic propaganda, the, oh. film, the LGBT agenda that oh. comes out of all these places. All the satanic the propaganda? propaganda? What is the satanic propaganda? I don't know. But I do know that the, <laughs> that the uh, uh, back window of my Corvette now has one ticket to hell on it. Uh-oh, what'd you do? Oh, I put a ticket on the back that says hell. <laughs> the ticket stuff that says hell on it. <laughs> nice. I'll have, to, I'll have to take a look at it. You'll have to show me when we're yeah. done. <laughs> uh, and, you know, the consequences, we can already start to see what's happening. You know, we see the breakdown of the family skyrocketing uh, abortion numbers, school shooting. We're not well, seeing skyrocketing abortion no, numbers. No, they're actually, with more education, they're dropping. Yeah. Yeah, anytime you try to restrict and then teach abstinence only, they that's go when abortion up. rates go up. And STDs go up in that case, right. too. Yeah, absolutely. Shootings, uh, you know, the collapse of our society, the collapse of our civilization. The ha, ha, where whoa. is our... Co- in what manner or sense is our society collapsing? Oh, I know one place. Hmm. Uh, Detroit. No, oh, no, yeah. not Flint, Flint, Michigan. Oh, they don't have mean... any drinking water. Yeah. The factories have all left. There's no government aid coming into that place. I mean, that's been going on for, what, six years now? Yeah. And if he wants to say that's the work of Satan, then he would be blaming Public the officials. Republican <laughs> officials. The Republican <laughs> officials that have made this happen, yeah. they're all puppets of Satan, so... Yeah. 
maybe he should get back to us with an answer on that. Is, yeah. is, is Satan controlling the Republican Party? Erosion of our liberties. Uh, you see, you know, women are no longer prepared to be wives and mothers. Um, whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Women are no longer prepared to be wives whoa. and mothers. Because that's all they're good for, apparently, in this guy's mind. That That... <laughs> is extremely misogynistic. He's a wow. fucking proud boy to the day he dies. Holy crap. Men, young men are no longer prepared to be husbands and fathers. Uh, it is, you know, in a that's all men are good it's a for tragedy you. of immense proportions. And, I, and honestly, I don't think our society is going to survive another generation or two of this if we don't get a grip on it. I think I, he needs to get a grip on I honestly reality. wonder. I guarantee that Alex Newman's a fucking proud boy the way he's fucking talking right there. Yeah, I'm surprised he doesn't. He isn't wearing one of those stupid shirts with the gold fringe or whatever, oh. the, gold, the gold thread in it. and They're easy to spot with their stupid shirts. Usually they, they run around in a group of guys that just look like dipshits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Look yeah. like, talk like, act like a bunch of dipshits. dipshits. Yeah. This is Dr. Hector Garcia, author of Alpha God and Sex, Power, and Partisanship, and you are listening to Godless Revolution. Now, today's prayer and share was inspired by young Shelby. She confided in me and how she wants to improve her life. Oh, no, no, no. Um, not me. My friends. My life is actually great. I'm going back to school. Now, as we all know, the only true way to improve our lives is to pray to Jesus and ask for his help. Really? The only way? What about finding a ton of gold? Well, why don't we share some of the things we want to pray to Jesus for? Maddie, why don't you start? Yeah, um, I want Jesus to keep helping me stay clean and believe in me so I can build my business and provide a wonderful life for myself and my future wife and kids, of course. Amen. 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 That was a good prayer, Maddie. For my prayer, I would like to ask Jesus to send me a man that I can cherish while he builds a lucrative business. Oh, and I want Jesus to help me keep my virginity. <laughs> oh, and after I get married, I'm going to get real freaky and nasty. But not before, because that's the good Christian that I am. Amen. Amen. What? No, hold on. We're not amening that. Come on, she shouldn't be living her life for some man. She should get her GED and start her own lucrative business. Actually, Shelby, Jesus frowns upon judging others, so we don't comment on other people's shares. Uh, Young lady, it's your turn. Okay, I want Jesus to wrap up this nightmare so I can go get sick LED lights for under our car. That's pretty much it. I got this. Amen. 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 Hey everybody, this is Dan. Uh, just recording this little bit to give you a bit of an intro into the next piece that you'll be hearing. This is the bit of audio that I recorded with Matt on the Sunday before I went to Mexico when Ryan wasn't available. Uh, we mentioned it earlier in the show, I just wanted to drop this in here so that you knew what was going on because it might be a little confusing. Uh, what I'm going to include next is the show opener that we did and it will be a little confusing because we introduce it as episode 263 which, of course, it would have been had I taken the audio with me to Mexico and then edited it and posted it, but unfortunately I forgot to take it with me to Mexico. So here in my home it sat until now, when you'll be able to hear it. Anyway, it's the show opener that I recorded with Matt. Following this, there will be the first segment that Matt and I recorded as well. I'll place an interstitial piece between the two so that you kind of have a little bit of the same flow that we usually have during the show. 
but I didn't want to just leave these languishing here without anybody being able to hear them and completely wasting Matt's time when he drove all the way to my house uh, a couple Sundays ago. So with that, I will get it going, and please accept my humblest of apologies for taking so long to get this show out to you all. We've had to change our recording schedule, and that's kind of thrown things into a bit of a into a little into a little chaos. But I think I've got those things ironed out and have shifted some things around in my schedule so that I should be able to edit the shows and get them out to you on our new release schedule, which will be Patreon episodes out on Wednesday, and then the regular public release of the show on Fridays. So. Thank you all very much for your patience. Again, please accept my humblest of apologies, and I will just put in the audio now. Thank you all very much. Hello, and welcome to the Godless Revolution. Today is Sunday, August 18th. It's only been three days since we recorded last. Yeah. This is episode 262. It's 263. Oh. Glad I thought maybe I should correct myself. I haven't even released 262 yet because it's been that short since we recorded last time. Yeah, been not very much time. Not much at all, Ryan. As I mentioned in the previous episode that none of you have heard yet because it's not available. <laughs> but they will have heard it by the time they hear this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Ryan is not with us today. He is working some OT. Uh, but Matt's Which here. I think we moved it to Sunday for him. We did, yeah. in fact. I think this happened last time we moved the schedule. We moved it to a specific day for him, and he didn't come. <laughs> I think you are correct, yes. Uh, it's usually like the first one, because when it's one of those weird things, like I think I saw on the calendar he was going to be working no excuses. just Friday or just Saturday, and then had more time off, and then he said he traded yeah. somebody anyway. Anyway, his schedule mm-hmm. is fucky, and so we have to switch around recording days. Yes. Every couple months. So now yes, we'll be yes. recording on Sunday afternoons for a bit. Which seems nice. It should be. Traffic should be okay. is so much better. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Usually I drive up here during rush hour. So I plan for an hour and a half. But mm-hmm. today it took me about 40 minutes. Nice. Very nice. Oh, super good. Is there not a whole lot of traffic in Utah County on Sunday? No. Just... Everybody in suits and, and dresses. Yeah. Going to their mom's ward. <laughs> so they got to take the freeway to go to their home they grew up in. Going to go see mom and dad on the weekend, go to their church. Be nice to see the old neighbors. Yeah. What's new with you, man? Well, not a whole hell of a lot. Back to the studio. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, the only thing new with me is that I played in the club championship. Friday and Saturday, and did not play very well. Friday, mm. I shot a 90, it's either 97 or 98. You shot that 97? Yeah, it was not very good. And I was hoping to play better on Saturday. I was, in fact, playing better Isn't that on pretty Saturday good? initially. Well, uh, I think for people that don't golf a whole lot, mm. it's it's good. I mean, But you golf a whole lot. Well, uh, once a week at least. Not a whole lot, but... That's a whole lot to or, me. Yeah, well, I was going to say, for, for a lot of people, that is a whole lot. Um, There's other write, people that are out there all day, every day, though, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, guys that play four, five, six days a week, but... um, And they write books on how to break 100. So, it's not a terrible score by, you know, in comparison to people who just 
golf very infrequently, but for somebody who's in a men's league at a nice golf course, it's, it's not that great. I did not play very well at all. And because I played so poorly Friday, I had to play super early Saturday because they take the people with the worst scores and then rank them as far as starting order because they know that competition is going to boil down to the people who had the best scores. And so they want to make sure that by the time those people with the best scores the first day finish, they've pretty much got all the results in and they'll know who the winner is. So that if the person who had a great score on Friday also plays great on Saturday, by the time they finish, they can know who is actually placed and who gets monetary awards and trophies and all that kind of shit. So yeah, I had to, I had to play at 7.03 yesterday. And that's, that's early on a Saturday. Yeah, especially when I got to travel to Layton to play, which traveling is traveling and, and walking around. That's hard for Americans, which is nearly on a weekend yeah. in the morning. Well, it's nearly an hour away, depending on traffic. Um, so yeah, had to get up super early yesterday morning and travel up there and just did not play very well. I, like I said, I think I was playing better. Saturday than Friday, but I had a few blow up holes where you make a bad mistake or you make a mistake and then it just turns into another mistake and another one cascading failures all over the course Saturday. Um, most of the holes I played better than I did on Friday, but those, I think there were four holes that I shot triple bogey or worse, which is not good. And so then I just kind of tanked. And didn't play very well, didn't place, well, I didn't, I didn't win any, I didn't get any winnings at all. I didn't even get any skins. So disappointing turnout for me over the weekend for the club championship. I made a joke with the guy. Well, and apparently, so we were the third group out on Saturday. That's how bad I had played Friday. Mm. And we were supposed to have a foursome, but two of the guys that were supposed to play with us on Saturday. They Ryan'd you? They figured, yeah, they figured their scores were bad enough on Friday. They did just didn't even show up on Saturday. So, oh. so it was just me and one other guy in our, what was supposed to be foursome and we ended up being a twosome. And I think on, on 16 after I hit my ball into the trees, I just turned to him and I'm like, yeah, well, you know, this is all part of my master plan. I'm just sandbagging during the really big tournament mm. so that I can, you know, place better in the weekly tournaments because <laughs> it'll push my handicap up and which of course I was being facetious because you want to play better in the big tournaments and get more money. The weekly tournaments, the payouts are pretty small. So, but I still had fun. I always have fun golfing. It's, it can be frustrating, but I figure I pay way too much money to go out there and not have fun. So yeah. It it turns it just turned into me drinking more beer than I probably should have. Right. If I wanted to play well, but by the time I decided to really turn the beers on, it was already I was already past like over my handicap. So not a good showing. Uh, we have some things to talk about today. A few things. A few things. Uh, admittedly, not that much because it's been such a quick turnaround. Yeah. Yeah, we have some listener feedback that we can talk about. Oh boy. Or. I don't even know if one of the, a few items of feedback that we got, I don't even know that they listened not to the listener. show. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not, uh, it's not somebody who writes particularly often either. <laughs> which is. So they don't listen or write. Which is strange for one of the titles that they're claiming in, in their postings and comments and email, but mm -hmm. we'll get to that. Should be fun. Uh, but we'll do that when we get back from this short break. 
Hi, this is Regina Tippetts. I'm a licensed professional counselor. You can find me at Secular Therapy Project or rctcounseling.com. And you're listening to The Godless Revolution. Erica, it's your turn. Amen. Amen. Uh, I don't know. I guess I like getting high, but I don't need Jesus for that. So amen. Amen. Dude, come on. There's got to be something you want to ask for. Don't you want to, like, get out of the mobile home, stop stealing to survive, stop cutting your own hair? I'm pretty content with the way my life is right now, but I'll take a haircut from Jesus if he's going to give it to me for free. Well, no, you got to work for it. God helps those who help themselves. Well, that's actually not in the Bible. Pastor Zach, please, I am trying to help Erica go back to school and get her life on track. Maddie, can you please help me? I mean, yeah, Erica, I am definitely worried about you. Me too. I, I know you think you're content, but <sighs> do you know when we were kids, I used to think I was content with gummy worms and Kool-Aid for breakfast. Do you want to know what I had for breakfast this morning? A French slam from Denny's. Oh, yep. All because I started believing I deserve better. Do you believe you deserve better? I know you do. Well, I mean, I, I guess I Whoa. could. Oh, I just saw the kayaks floating away on their own for no reason. It was crazy. What? Where, where, where are my kayaks? Oh, they're right up. Oh, they're gone. No! Oh, please, God, no, not my kayaks. Holy. I am such a fucking loser. I can't have my own business. I can't even tie up a goddamn kayak. I am worthless. Erica, forget what I said about deserving a better life, okay? Mom was right. We're losers. I am just a burnt-out meth head who should have died a long time ago. And fuck you, Jesus! Maddie, remember, anger gives a foothold to the devil. And you, you lied to me, you piece of shit. I should kill you for filling my head with all that Jesus bullshit. I should kill you! No, 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 no. Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. So I figured we'd start out this evening with some listener feedback that we've received. We got we got quite a bit. And and comments and stuff elsewhere. And comments on comments that we received elsewhere that I thought were kind of fun. Uh, the first bit of feedback that we got is from Freethinker215. He says, hey, guys, thanks for the most recent shout out on episode 261. I enjoy hearing the different kinds of stories your guests have growing up with religion. This was our episode with Nico Gonzalez, who's the content provider for Conversations with God. Does that make sense, everybody? Does that make sense, Matt? Does <laughs> it? It reminds me that there's someone out there whose childhood indoctrination was worse than mine. Excellent outro song selection. I can't remember which. Oh, I think I'll put XTC's uh, Dear God mm. on that one. Uh, so thank you very much, Freethinker. Glad you like that. We so The next little bit is also uh, some feedback that we received, <laughs> but I think it's pretty clearly not from somebody who's a listener of the show. I think they were stumbling around YouTube and ran into our video uh, Lucian Greaves delivering a talk at Utah State University a couple of years ago, a year ago, year and a half, maybe. Um, and so they sent us an email initially at our Godless Revolution email address. And it's from somebody named Scott Menard. It says, you are acting as agents for Satan. <laughs> Which is kind of a rude way to refer to the two skeptical chaps. <laughs> <laughs> it says this is not an attempt to criticize i am simply asking that you and friends find someone to baptize you in the name of god of the son and then in 
or yeah, in parentheses it says Jesus and of the Holy Spirits. <laughs> you Holy Spirit like gin. <laughs> Isn't gin kind of like a Holy Spirit? Sure, it's it's a bit piney. So it smells a little like Christmassy or tastes a little Christmassy, maybe. You must know that Satan will lose in the end, and only through Jesus can you be saved. I'm wondering what we would be saved from, though. And why wouldn't Satan lose in the beginning? Why does it take till the end? Yeah, why Why does God allow Satan to run amok for so long? And what is going to usher in Satan coming along and, and finally being vanquished? Also, Jesus and Satan not capitalized. Yeah, which I thought was a little weird. Except Holly, but, Holly is capitalized. Holly is capitalized, yeah. <laughs> Spirit's uh, not. Your glorification of all things satanic must be stopped. Which which sounds a little threatening. Like, yeah. Like it's not that you should stop or or right. what you're doing should stop. It's something else should stop you. Yeah, from it that. must be stopped. Right. So who's going to do that? Or, and why isn't your God what? doing it if if he's so upset about it? Yeah. God has extended his grace to you. Please take it. No, thank you. Has he? I spent years and years and years in religion trying to feel what everyone was talking about about that grace and never did. Were you a believer? Were you like a true believer? Like, did you believe in a God and the Mormon yeah, and I stuff did. and all that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean... I was in the sense that I believed that all, like, I think that they would say that I wasn't, of course, because no true Scotsman is the, the friendliest of fallacies to religious people. But, yeah. but in the sense that, like, there was a lot of stuff that didn't make sense to me about the Joseph Smith story specifically, and a few things about the Jesus story and timelines, as I've mentioned a few times, mm. never made sense to me. But for the most part... <clears throat> I, I believed that there was a God and that he w would know all of the stuff that I would need, you know, like Matt Dillahunty says all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, but none of that ever came. So at least in a form that I recognized, which is kind of crucial mm -hmm. if you really want somebody to come to know you or whatever it is. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, if you want so, to have a relationship. With so somebody. this, this guy's just, just making an assertion about our experiences that he has nothing, he knows nothing about. Mm -hmm. Please take it. God has extended his grace to you. Please take it. Where is it? How does it look? What does it feel like? I, I've tried. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's, it's the, it's the assumptions that Christians make about atheists, right? Like, yeah, you, you haven't done the stuff that I've done, obviously. Yeah. That's why you're an atheist. Yeah. And why would God make it more difficult for some people versus others? Unless Stronger he's just spirits, a fucking Dan. dick, man. Yeah. Uh, then his email continues and it says, Christians are not perfect, but Satan and demons are never the alternative to what is good, which is capitalized, and Holly, which is not capitalized this time. Please, I beg of you to repent and make Jesus the light of your life. Should we make Jesus the light of our life or God? And do you believe they're the same thing? Because I know some Christian sects are a little fuzzy on that. Or Holly. <laughs> yeah, or yeah. Holly. And like he keeps saying God has done this and God has done that. And he says God of, what, someone to baptize you in the name of God of the Son and of the Holy Spirits. God of the Son, Jesus, and of the, I don't know, this. And to see this, I, I posted pictures of this out on our uh, Godless Revolution Facebook page and received 
a bunch of fun comments about it. And it's so it's it's always I don't know, it seems weird and funny and sometimes a little bit sad that a lot of the correspondence that atheists receive from, you know, real true believing Christians is of this sort where I can't even tell if English is this guy's first language. Oh, I think we'll find later it might not be. Yeah. Well, let's see. So that was that was the first message that he sent to us, and I, I posted that out on our Facebook. And then he sent us an, a much longer email through our website, and it says that it is from Scott Menard again. The subject is, Satan is not the answer. Find God and be saved by Jesus before it's too late. And there should be an apostrophe in it's and there is not. The message says, I am sorry if Christianity have disappointed you because I have been disappointed by many of my fellow Christians. You know, the typical one day a week Christians. People will always disappoint. Such is the nature of human being. However, I beg you to consider that Satan is not the alternative to what's good and holly. Again with the holly. Jesus is the son of a living God. His sacrifice on the cross allow you a fair chance to rejoin with God. And this is this first bit of his email is also what he posted as a comment on our uh, video for Lucian Greaves, uh, for Lucian Greaves' talk at Utah State University, which is why I'm guessing that he's not an actual listener of the show, and yeah. that's how he came in contact with us is, you know, found the video on YouTube and then looked at what the Godless Revolution is, probably did an internet search, and then found our website and, you know, sent us an email and then filled out the contact form after making his comment on our video. But the email is much longer and continues and says, close your eyes and say those words. And I'm guessing he meant to say these. Jesus, forgive me for all my sins. Jesus, open my eyes so I can see clearly through the deception of Satan. The rain is gone. In your, in your holy name. And then in parentheses, Jesus again. I command all satanic influences to, to depart from me and from my life. Jesus, protect me from all evil, seen or unseen. Amen on a separate... Oh, and then I guess there should have been a period there, but there <laughs> is not. And then there is no capitalization on what should be probably the next sentence that says, on a separate... Separate notes, my yes. friend. <laughs> on a separate notes, my friend. Oh, yeah. So I was born and raised in Haiti. I have seen vividly what satanic demons can do to people when summoned. Satan and his demons are a lot more that just fancy speech. I'm guessing I meant to say than just fancy speech and applause. They are interested in taking your soul away from God. Growing up in Haiti, I have seen satanic demons run with fear when the name of Jesus is called upon. That would be fun. Yeah. I, it would be fun to actually watch that. I'm, I'm, very this this all of these communications from this guy have piqued my interest and made me want to talk to him a bit more uh but i have not replied to any of these yet uh his email continues and says i have witnessed blood rituals body transformation into animals human possession by satanic demons body elevation i have been i have even shaken the hand of demons when i was young and foolish <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious to know why none of this is 
on video anywhere. Right. All of these amazing things that have happened and with the ubiquity of phones that have cameras in them, why is there no real evidence of this anywhere? All the phones were destroyed in the earthquake and subsequent hurricane that hit the island, apparently. Oh, oh, right, right. And brought and rained down the demons. (laughs) I would know my own mother was a demon worshiper. Whoa. There is an unseen spiritual battle. You and I should be on the side of God, the maker of heaven and earth. It is written that Satan will lose and be destroyed along with all those who worship him. Good. Would you like to come with me in Haiti and see for yourself? Uh, sure. (laughs) It could be interesting. (laughs) And then there are a bunch of dashes, like probably, oh shit, it looks like a dozen or more. And then it says, would you like to know how I knew that God is alive and well? Would you? Sure. And then he says, I beg of you, find a pastor, ask (laughs) him to baptize you in the name of the Father, of the Son, Jesus, and of the Holy Spirit. May I ask you to be very careful on your way to the pastor. Oh, car accidents. I I suppose you can ask me to be very careful. Drive slow. Take take the off-road. If someone pisses you off, simply walk away. Satan and his army will kill you fast and quick if they think you about to switch side. Satan offers no grace, no second chance. Remember, God has an interest in saving you for eternity. Take this offer now. I know I did. Well, congratulations. <laughs> uh... Why would Satan only work to kill us if we're going to switch sides? And then why would God not offer us protection? If we're going to change sides, why wouldn't God be there protecting us? And why would Satan win that conflict? Why would Satan win that battle? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then there, oh, and then the other bit was just his comment on our, on our video out on YouTube of Lucian's talk. And so I thought about replying to this guy and, seeing if perhaps he would like to be a guest on the show, but it almost makes me feel like I would be picking on somebody who was very ill-equipped to deal with somebody who, like, knows anything about Satanism, atheism, Christianity, Mm -hmm. other world religions. It sounds like this guy is just not very educated on much of anything in that area. Maybe it's the language barrier. You know, English is not the first language of Haiti. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's possible. If if you are listening, then Sakpase Negmoy, but more than that, you can reach out to us in Creole and we can Google translate it, and that's always fun. Yeah. Yeah. We could we could see about doing that. I mean, I figure I'll respond to his email and just point out some of the problems that I have with it in a in a nice way initially. See what kind of response I get. It's it. It just seems weird to me that, you know, he doesn't mean any of this as a criticism, but then Mm -hmm. tells us that we're doing all of these horrible things. And we're going to die. Yeah. And we must be stopped. Yeah. So I thought that was all very interesting and a little sad that somebody can be so deluded by religious teachings that they start bothering people who are not doing anything to that. It's not like we reached out to him and started making fun of anything he believes or anything. He just... Went, went on the internet stumbling around and ran into our video and then decided to send us several messages about it. 
Like, what a waste of your fucking time and our fucking time. And he also liked, clearly don't know much about. Liked the video. Yeah, which was weird. Yeah, so, the, 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 the videos he has liked on his channel are real strange. They're all over the place, aren't you know? Yeah, like... A lot uh, of, like, w- guys working out and then, like, Fox News and Right to Bear Arms Wyoming something or other. Yeah, which was strange. Yeah. A- animal Husbandry, I think, was, okay, was yeah. in there. Yeah. So, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was a very eclectic mix of videos that he has liked on YouTube that I thought was kind of interesting. Um, so I will definitely be responding to him. I'll let you know if we hear anything else from Dr. Scott Menard. Yeah, I don't think you mentioned that part. Oh, yeah. Yeah, one his his <laughs> uh email that he sent in or no, actually it's his um the comment on the YouTube video. Right, yeah, his his YouTube persona says that he is Dr. Scott Menard. Doctor of what? I have no idea. I can't imagine that it's in any of the hard sciences. Voodoo. Or could be voodoo doctor, maybe. It's yeah. from Haiti. Which doctor? Could be. Never that doctor. Never can tell. <laughs> but yeah, I I will be responding to him and we'll let you all know if I receive a follow-up response from him. I just thought that was a little interesting. And then we also received an email from Mercy Fay, uh just telling us to keep up the good work. So thank you very much, Mercy. Glad yes. you're enjoying the show. And thank you very much, Faye. Yeah. <laughs> and and thank you for sending us in messages. If you would like to contact us, you can do so by going to you can send us an email at godlessrevolution at gmail dot com. You can Twitter us. You can tweet at us on the Twitters. <laughs> I, I'm not, I don't do the Twitter thing a whole lot. Um, but you can find us on Twitter at TGR podcast. You can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash godless revolution. There's tons and tons of ways to contact us. You can find all of them on our website also at godlessrevolution.com. Hey gang, this is Jack Materko from Four Infernal Use Only and the Naked Diner podcast, and you are listening to the Godless Revolution. Trying to call us a cab. Why can't I get us any service? Oh, probably because we're on an island. What? Wait, we're not connected to land right now? You mean we trapped out here? It's okay. Jesus is just testing us. All we have to do is pray and look for signs of his divine presence and the way home will be clear. And where was his divine presence when you were getting your ass handed to you, huh? If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you! All right, our last story this evening will be not the good news we were hoping to find no. somewhere. I told them, said, hey, Dan, find some good news. Let's find some good sciencey news. And we stumbled upon Jesse Combs, who fucking died in a car wreck, or trying to break her own land speed record. And then we found more bad news. I even typed it into Huffington Post, and it comes up with a mass shooting. And I'm like, there's no good news in this country. That's, yeah, that's not good news. No. It's not good. It's bad. It's very bad. All the shootings, the latest one in Texas, I posted a link to it, and it's just like, I don't, I don't know what to say about it anymore. It just, I, 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 we, we could talk about all of the Christians who say horrible shit after a shooting that it, you know, they try to blame atheists and homosexuals and godlessness and the secularization of America and blah, 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 blah. None of that makes any fucking like, sense at all because that all occurs everywhere. They yeah. blame it on video games, violent, violent movies, 
comic books, Dungeons and Dragons, anything except the fucking guns that are used. It's, you know, it's everything else. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember when Columbine happened. Mm-hmm. I was in high school mm-hmm. and I was like shocked, like, holy shit, like what happened? Now when there's a mass shooting at a school or a mall or shopping center, I'm just going, yep, that's kind of what happens. Welcome to America. Yeah. This is America now. We have shootings. Yay, us. We're number one. (laughs) We're number one. In deaths. (laughs) In shootings. Yeah. Yay. Uh, This story comes to us from Raw Story, published four days ago on August 28th. It says, uh, Kentucky Principal who tried to ban books over homosexual content, busted for child porn. But was it homosexual child porn? I'm so surprised. A Kentucky high school principal who made national news for trying to ban books over homosexual conduct has been arrested on child pornography charges. Now, is he the one I remember where they had the books in like the library where it was like, like, Two mommies or whatever books, and they're like trying to remove trying to get this. rid of them. Yeah, I wonder, if that's, I wonder if that's him. Philip Todd Wilson was arrested Tuesday on 30 counts after state troopers received a complaint from Clark County Area Technology Center that the principal had given child pornography to someone else. Oh, reported WKYT TV. The principal was charged with 15 counts of distribution of matter portraying sexual performance by a minor, and 15 counts of possessing matter portraying sexual performance by a minor, after investigators found more than a dozen images in his possession. Now, I don't want to talk semantics here, but if he's distributing 15 things, I'm Mm -hmm. pretty sure he has 15 of those things. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, in order to give 15 (laughs) things away, I would have to have those 15 things. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The Technology Center is operated by the Kentucky Department of Education, which is investigating to determine whether in whether children in the program were affected. Wilson gained national notoriety in 2009 when he banned Lessons from a Dead Girl, hmm. a book by award-winning author Joe Knowles and several other publications from classrooms at Montgomery County High School. Some parents had complained that several contemporary novels taught alongside English literature classics, such as The Canterbury Tales and Beowulf, were inappropriate due to subject matter involving sex, child abuse, suicide, and drug abuse. Hmm. Wilson and Montgomery County School Superintendent Daniel Freeman ordered the challenged books to be withdrawn from the curriculum and pressured teacher Risha Mullins after she continued using them as optional titles for classroom reading circles. One more problem with the books and the club is gone, the superintendent said, according to Mullins. But Wilson and Freeman eventually shut down the reading club and removed the contemporary books without following board policy on suspending titles from classroom use. Wilson remains held on $25,000 cash bond, and Clark County Public Schools released a statement saying officials were shocked and dismayed by the allegations. Yeah, that seems to be the case. You're always shocked by the person that has child porn. Oh, yeah. Oh, I never saw that coming. He was a good Christian man. <laughs> well, they, they see the Christian part and forget everything else that this person could have yeah. ever done wrong. That's it. That's Oh, he's a Christian. He's on my team. Clearly, he's a good person. That's all that matters these days. Yeah, and that something similar happened to, not to the guy I work with, but one of his family members recently. Oh, yeah? A case that came out of here in Utah where he was a teacher's assistant mm. that was asking for students from the high school and paying them for nude photos over Instagram. Oh. 
Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, he's a good. He was a good. It was a good upstanding Mormon family. Oh, really? I'm yeah. just shocked. I'll, well, he probably wasn't a good Mormon then. He probably wasn't a real. No, Mormon. he was. He was temple worthy. Are you sure? Yeah. Where do you think he got the photos done at? Ah, <laughs> uh, well, that'll wrap things up oh. for us this evening. Oh, what? can I just say one other thing? Yes. I saw New Names Noah's newest video yeah. like last week. Yeah. I had never seen a video from inside the temple where they're doing the fucking baptism for the dead. I didn't know they kept dunking the same fucking person over and over and over in the water. She yeah. looked like she was fucking drowning. <laughs> that is child abuse. We're going to be kind of waterboarding you in the name of Jesus. I assume they just stood around that fucking kettle with the cows and shit and just read the names and stuff. No, you got to no, be dunked. I didn't realize they would keep dunking. I was like, like, by, like, she was coming out of the water like, <gasps> and then by the time she caught her breath, it was time to dunk again. I was like, holy <laughs> shit. Well, it's like, weird to that's me. That's abuse. The, like, okay, so these are all dead people, right? Yeah. Who don't have a corporeal body here on earth anymore. And so are they saying that, like, she's being temporarily possessed oh. by these people? other people no, that would be demonic and then they're getting dunked or like why would a spirit have to be dunked in the first place like, like there's nothing to dunk right there's no that, that's, spirit there to dunk so why the fuck are you going through all the motions that's of doing why that? i never thought they went through the motions until oh, yeah. i saw the video I was like holy fuck i didn't know they actually <laughs> dunked the person over and over and over again like yeah yeah they that? they sign up for several different names like i can't remember exactly how many they'll do in a row per person but it yeah, looked like a lot yeah yeah it's a bunch of different people <laughs> that that each person who steps into the baptismal font will be baptized in the name of this person and it, it's just a really weird ritual and practice to me because it, it never made sense to me when i was religious even like, i want i want i want our like buddy. what are they dunking there's nobody there yeah but i want our buddy new name noah to go get rebaptized for hitler <laughs> well, they, the LDS Church has yes, baptized that, Hitler several, several times. times. And Anne Frank several yeah. times. So you went and you baptized Hitler and Anne Frank, you mm. better not have done the same fucking day. <laughs> yeah, whole bunch of religious whack yeah. bullshit I just have never understood. Never. Even when I was religious, it didn't make any sense to me. But that'll wrap things up for us this evening. Before we go, I want to make sure that we thank our Patreon supporters because they're such wonderful people. They are the yes. sponsors of the show. We love you all. You're super cool. Sorry that I didn't get anything out for you guys <laughs> last week because I was on vacation and forgot yeah. to take shit with me. Yeah. Uh, but our Patreon subscribers are Alan Firth. New Mania. Christy Kalbuck. Gaytheus. Steven Andrus. Let them eat Kofefi. Two skeptical chaps. Vanessa. Don't be a Richard. Okay. Utah Outcast. Janet Uter. Wesley Aaron. Andrew Vodopich. Jeremy Goodson. Brandy Hamrick. We hope you're doing much yes. better, Brandy. We hope you get well soon. Megan Kennedy. The Foz. Jesse Pointner. Bobby Digital, who is a new Patreon subscriber. Thanks, Thank you, Bobby. Bobby Digital. Savita Kuna. Taylor Grin. A Purple Dragon. Captain Samples. And Freethinker215. And Reverend Lovejoy, support recovering from religion. Yay! Thank you all very, very much. And you out there in the listening audience, you should be thanking these people for saving you from ads for cooking services and beds that come in a box and yeah. underwear and socks and all kinds of stuff that... Doors! Doors <laughs> for your home. 
I'll be getting my new doors installed next week. I think they'll be done by the time we record Ooh. next week, so that'll be nice. Looking forward to that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's it for us, everybody. Okay. And so until next week, if there were a way to crucify hurricanes, we should do that, but they just keep coming back anyway like Jesus. And if you leave a review, it will cure cancer. Oh, and rate the show five times a day toward the East Coast, and maybe we can pray that we can pray <laughs> that or do a secular ceremony thing to get that away. hurricane just away from the coast. It just needs to go away in not Jesus' name. Just don't do a secular baby burning. <laughs> this ain't that kind of prayer. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Bye. Now, you said you saw iguanathan shit. Yeah. Monkeys. Didn't see any monkeys. Oh, I've always wanted to go to those places where they have like just the, the monkeys are like just fucking wreaking havoc on the streets, fucking stealing from people.